All right. So we are we we're into another episode of Dungeons and Dragon. Woo! Episode six, seven, six. I think it's seven. Seven. I I didn't. I don't know. One of those fits right with my spirit, so it's fine. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. We'll introduce them later. Okay. Uh, (laughs) If things sound a little different, I I MacGyvered a setup for three people, uh, in like thirty minutes. So, uh, and uh, if things go well, we actually have video footage for the Patreon. Absolutely. Have you set up the Patreon yet? I have not. Uh huh. That sounds about correct. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. All right. Well, want to do our little intro spiel? Spiel? Sure, but one second. Okay. Time out real quick. All right. I just had to do a quick sound test. Yeah. Uh, we, we sound good. Okay. All right. Get the intro spiel out. You got this. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Dungeons & Dragons, your weekly or bi-weekly, actually, to be more accurate, your bi-weekly uh, uh, show about geeky news flopped in the middle (laughs) yikes oomph just entered her flop era i got it hey guys and welcome back to dungeons and dragons your favorite bi-weekly nerd talkback podcast where we discuss all things nerd and accountability i am your host it's with a healthy dose of accountability i mean you put that zest on it girl i don't (laughs) i'm gonna do me (laughs) well i fuck up and it's a big oh, deal. Oh, that's not a fuck up. It just was never part of my spiel. It was an omission. It's part of the spiel. Well, you made We the have deal. done six episodes of this, and we always say with the healthy Fine. dose of with accountability. With the healthy dose of accountability. You know what? I don't need this bullshit. Girl, fuck you. Life. Anyway, I'm your host, Joy Valentine. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at JoyXValentine now. The branding got fixed. Um, introducing my lovely co-host, Noir. Oh, that, that's me. I'm Noir. I go by he, they. You can find me all over the internet as the Noir Enigma. That's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and my website, thenoirenigma.com. Please buy my merch. I am poor. All and right. I didn't need to fix my branding. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. I, on Black History Month, you do this to a dark skinned woman? Anyway. <laughs> I'm black too. And I'm dark skinned. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> More importantly, let's move on to introducing our guest. You may have heard of them. And actually, for a fact, you have heard of them if you're an avid listener to this podcast. I always allude to a best friend, perhaps a gay man that takes me to Chick-fil-A. And I know you all have been on the edges of your seat <laughs> trying to figure out who this person is. Well, I want to welcome you all. Uh, I want you all to give a warm welcome to the next freshman member of the Noir Enigma team. You've got to stop this. You've got to stop this. Josh, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. I'm Josh. Um, I am a player of Dungeons and Dragons um, for a while now, but uh, finally getting into the TTRPG space and all that it comes with. Right. And when you say you've been playing for a while now, is a while years? Is it months? Um. Well, I mean, it's been like about a year or two Fake gamer. Actually, no, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding <laughs> it's been like a year or two of actually playing but when I was younger I mean I've been wanting to get into D&D ever since I was little because I've always been interested in fantasy and all that and um, my brain is built for it so yeah yeah yeah, Josh is uh, one of my regular DMs. Uh, we're besties. We've gotten to D&D around the same time, like actually playing and doing it. 
So it's been lovely. If you like me, uh, he is me, but stronger. <laughs> he is physically. I've got a lot of questions about this whole Chick Fil A thing, <laughs> and we have no answers. Well, I don't know about you, but I have many answers. Okay. Um, Chick Fil A. Okay, let's just backtrack for a little bit. <laughs> um, name a good chicken sandwich restaurant. Popeyes. Okay, uh, name a better one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen. It's just the only chicken place open by the time we go out at 10 o'clock at night, okay? Well, I mean, Popeye's is open. Don't dig us in the hole. Yeah, what are you doing? Listen, here's the thing, okay? It's reclamation. Um, <laughs> we are gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's our if, choice. If, if a straight person goes to Chick Fil A, all I'm saying is I feel some type of way about it. Um, but I, as a gay man, going to Chick Fil A, it just feels right. It it's feels, powerful. It feels. It feels. Like you're like, taking your power back. Yeah, yeah, it feels like an atheist going into a church to tell them like you're wrong. <laughs> what? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. This is this, this is gonna be a spicy episode. I can feel it. God, well, let's start how we always start. Dear brother of mine, Noah. You gotta stop your, calling me dear brother. That's your name. Um, <laughs> how's your week been? Oh, uh, my week's been good. Uh, we started uh, Star Trek. Uh, Perseverance, the actual play that I'm doing, sponsored by Cryptic Studios, Star Trek Online, and Modiphius. Uh, it's been fun. Uh. What was that side look? What was that? What was that about? We we're just talking. The girlies are communicating <laughs> telepathically. I like I like you two together. There's <laughs> too there's too much power here. Um, Deal with it. <clears throat> yes, and <laughs> but uh no. Oh, so we, that came out. That was pretty fun. Cle- cleaned up a little bit of the apartment, and uh, yeah, that's that's been my week. Awesome, awesome. And then as our guest, Josh, how your how's your week been? Um, had a pretty good week so far. Uh, did end up going to an Eden concert. Um, I've enjoyed their music for a while, so finally good that they're back after uh, their COVID hiatus, as many artists Eden? were. Eden, Eden. that's the yeah. name of the artist. E-D-E-N. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. And I'm glad you got to enjoy the whole concert uninterrupted at all. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel uh, like that's bullshit, that there's a story here that's... <laughs> That's for my weekly roundup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I did have a great time at the concert. Uh, I know that I did something on Wednesday. Um, But as far as what it was... The fact that you can remember your week is impressive. Yeah. (laughs) I did one thing this week, and that's all I can remember. And that's all that's important. So that... Yeah, I mean, that pretty much rounds it out. Um... Yeah. Okay, well, time for my train wreck. Hey, guys. (laughs) I want to say last weekend, I went out to Sidetrack, if anyone's familiar with it. Big big club in Boys Town. Josh and I, standing on the the wall, having the time of our lives, right? We don't chase, we attract. This man starts staring at me, and I'm like, you got a staring problem, pal? Like, Josh and I- We were ready to beat his ass. We Um, were aggressive. We were like, what the fuck is your problem? Because he kept staring. He just wouldn't say anything. I literally waved, he gave me nothing. Eventually, like, he comes to just stand beside me, and then he looks at me, and he says the one thing that could make me feel like the bad guy. He goes, I'm Italian, I don't speak English well, hello. I go, fuck. 
We were also, mean to an immigrant. Also, I mean, can we just walk that back? Because he has been taking English in Italy for, for how many years? Literally 10 years. Exactly. And he comes up and, like, I get that, like, but he comes up perfect English and, like, holding full conversations. So I'm like, mm, just start with that. Yeah. Like, like just, just say hi. Have another conversation. He made us feel really bad. And don't worry. We can say this. We're friends with him now. Um, but then he proceeds. We, he talks about how, like... America obviously is an adjustment for him. And then he brings up the fact that like he knows English, but a lot of like English speakers don't know Italian. And he asks us to say things in Italian that we know. And I look this man dead in the eye. <laughs> and I go, Bellissima, ciao, leaning tower of Pisa, cannolis. <laughs> and this, he starts yelling at me. Did you know cannoli is already plural? A like, single cannoli is a cannolo. And multiple cannolos are cannoli. And he, he, we know that now because he got mad at us. Very, very upset. Um, <laughs> he a- let me have it, really. <laughs> you look wounded. Because typically I can say whatever I want to like guys coming up to me. And they're like, yes, queen. If I said dinosaurs are fake and mermaids are real, they'd be like, She's spitting. I say cannolis. He goes, Mamma Mia. Fully, he did. No, he did. He did. did. No, he did. did. He fully did. did. He did. Did you know? Do they actually? They do. That that sounds like a. Such an ignorant American thing to say. Like, do they really say that? But he did. He really said, Mamma mia. And, And like, had the hands, the Italian hands, and everything. We even asked for (laughs) clarification. And he said, Yes, it, it is a persistent thing. It is like. That that's that's like oh my god. Yeah, he taught us how to say um was it porco dio like god is a pig? Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like a swear. Like so that happened on one day and then I made a sly comment. This is a new story about Josh getting to enjoy the entire concert of Eden and mm-hmm. that wasn't true, all right? <laughs> well, tell us the truth then. That's what we're here for. The I hard know. truth. So and accountability. Essentially, on the way to a concert, on the way to the concert, uh, one of the girls we went with, mm-hmm. she was like, do you guys want edibles? And I was like, of course. And then she goes, do you want the 300 milligram or the 100? And I was trying to show restraint. So I said 100, thinking that was like a tiny amount. And so I take it. And at first, everything is fine. I get a decent chunk into the concert. And I start having a panic attack i can't breathe um i instantly start feeling like i'm going to die and then even worse i have the paranoid feeling that i will always feel that high (laughs) and that it'll never go away and so then i asked josh politely if he can walk me to the bathroom and then i thought i felt better after the bathroom trip i get right back in there i listen to more music i see more flashing lights and i'm like oh no i'm going to actually die right now And so then, unfortunately, I make Josh wait with me in the lobby until the concert is over for our ride. In the entire time, in my head, like, I will be high forever and I will never feel normal again. (laughs) Yeah, um, if you've ever wanted to (laughs) witness uh, Joy pleading, um, (laughs) uh, Joy was trying to um, salvage our friendship after such a horrible thing. Um, And... Fully, I was so taken aback <laughs> because I I I knew a hundred was a lot, um, but telling Joy no is like reinforcing a nail. Um, Hard, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those things where, like, you know how when did you, you eat the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, the whole hundred. Um, yeah. And I also <laughs> took a hundred. So halfway through the concert, I turned to Joy and I'm like, "Oh, I'm feeling weird. Oh yeah, we had edibles." Kind of staring at her, <laughs> hoping that I'll get it, and I don't. I'm like, ooh, because <laughs> you like. And my problem is when I'm with you, like I take the edibles are smaller, and I didn't know that. So I'm like, if yeah. I take a half an edible, we with have my, fifty. I, I the ones I give you are fifty. Right. So I'm like, if I take a half an edible with my brother, I don't feel shit. So I need to take all of this a hundred. <laughs> yeah. So I briefly experienced the afterlife. <laughs> Uh, not to mention, we almost got murdered we, by our Uber. We did almost get murdered by our Uber driver. <laughs> oh, you got to tell this story. Yeah. So at, at this point, I'm like, let's just get an Uber all the way home. But like the Uber has to be from the city to the suburbs. So that's a long distance. We hop in the car. The Uber driver confirms that we're going that long distance. And he goes, Uber doesn't pay me a lot to go that far. So can you cancel the ride in the app and just like pay me cash or like Zelle or Cash App? you have to cancel the ride in the app. And at this point, I am paranoid. <laughs> so him being like, let's do this off the app. Um, I turned to Josh and I'm like, can we get out of the car? <laughs> and like a part of me was like really hurt because if we just used Cash App, he mm -hmm. was going to take $10 off the total. So. <laughs> <laughs> we would have paid 60 instead of 70 had I just not been convinced we were going to die. <laughs> but I was, so we hopped out the car. Yeah, um, it, was, it was quite literally trying to murder us on easy mode. Um, <laughs> So if you're ever in the Chicago area and you're getting picked up by someone in a blue Chrysler, uh, <laughs> just know that um, y'all fucking his steez up right now. <laughs> just like, know. I mean, you could get a ten dollar off fare, <laughs> or you could fucking kill you and you wouldn't know. But yeah, so that was my week. I met an Italian man and then we almost got killed and I almost died. <laughs> I had fun though. Every time we do this podcast. Your weekend stories get more and more Unhinged. just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's like a early 2000s teen movie. Because that's the life we live. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, like, uh, personally, I turned 21 in the pandemic. So, like, I feel like right now I'm just getting into that 21 phase. And it has been rocking my shit. Um, oh, we forgot to talk about emo night and Stevie. Oh my god, that's what we did on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Wait, emo night. Yeah. Wait, wait, where was this? Okay, so there is a bar locally. Not gonna say the name. They just started doing like an emo night, and so we go and. And this go is in the burbs or the city. Burbs. The burbs. Oh. Yeah. And it is empty. <laughs> It is empty. No one is there. There's maybe like seven regulars, us, and then a queer friend that we made. And we are chilling. And then a millennial man, so like older than us, comes in, dressed as stereotypical emo. He's got like a jean vest jacket, like fingerless yeah. gloves. And he's holding a pitcher of pink Wait, liquid. does it have pins on it? No, he didn't have pins. Oh. He had However, patches, he had though. the uh, red scarf. Um, he oh, was, the plaid? Yeah, okay. yeah. He's giving very um, the movie Breakfast Club. The guy that wore the green coat, him. Yeah. The fist in the air. Did he at have the end glasses? No, no. Fist in the air and the yeah. movie. Okay, because this is sounded like a friend that I have. That you might know him. He walks up oh. to us with a pink liquid filled pitcher, and he goes, "Y'all want free shots?" And we go, "Yeah." Uh, he doesn't at any point tell us what is in them. He instead goes, I'm going to take one with you. <laughs> so then we take shots with Stevie. So you're just taking shots with strangers. 
yeah. Please don't die. He's a bartender. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. Listen, I think he worked well, there somehow. What did he do there? Actually, did they have a uniform? No. I have. Yeah. They were just chilling. Yeah. So it's it's very much like going to try to find help at an H and M. It could be anyone. <laughs> anyone. So yeah, and then he goes, I'm gonna come back with more. And then he comes back later in the night, same picture. Then he goes, You wanna do bombs? And we go, Yeah. And so he pours the same thing that he gave us as a shot in a cup. And he goes, There you go. Yeah, and we drank it. That cup was half filled and it tasted like grapefruit. Um And it was strong as fuck, very sweet. And then I, yeah, and then I had the thanks for the memories, like martini, that shit. No, I no. had the sugar. We're going down. Yeah, you had the sugar. We're going down. And then, I, I want to try those. So yeah, they're really then, good. The They'll just SoCal fuck your shit up. Amaretto lime, and that was really good. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I got fucked up, and then getting fucked up as emo music is playing does something to your brain. I will never be the same. When that second shot hits and um, King for a Day comes on, you might literally ascend. I did. It was crazy, but yeah. So that was our week. Um, that was good. That was us. it. <laughs> Just casual week well, that's the podcast, everybody. I hope you had a good time. <laughs> but now on to the nerdy content. Okay. Um, off the dome, I just want to introduce the idea of like different nerd stuff. So, Josh, uh, we talk about typically like tabletop games and movies, but is there anything nerdy that you're into that you haven't heard us discuss on the podcast? Um, actually, yeah. Uh, so I'm really into like Yu-Gi-Oh and like the TCG space, yeah. like, uh, trading card games. Like I love the, I love anything graphically. So, um, trading cards are like, honestly my heart, they're like my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, what I don't play them, uh, <laughs> but I do grab them when I see them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> so if there's a really shiny pack, mm-hmm. uh, I buy it. <laughs> he does not play the game. He owns the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably have super valuable cards that you don't even know. Uh, I have, yeah. Uh, so I have a really big box of Magic: The Gathering cards, and um, I have a friend who uh, actually created an entire green and black deck, and he gave it to me. He valued it at, like, $400, and I'm like, it's cards. I don't believe you. Um, (laughs) And uh, he gave it to me, and I was like, see, if you actually thought it was $400, why would you just give it to me? And also... Because he loves you? Yeah, I guess, but, like... (laughs) I don't know. Like, in my brain, it's a pretty card. And <laughs> right. I, I love a pretty card. So <laughs> I was very appreciative of it. Um, and then I actually played it. And I was like, oh, wow. So magic, I can do. Um, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, I can do. Uh, does anyone actually know the card game for Pokemon? <laughs> I'm not going to say unfortunately because they're my employer. Yes, people love Pokemon, the creative card game. It works for Pokemon Go. Oh, okay. You can't say anything legally. Well, I mean, on my end, all I'm saying is um, I don't understand uh, the card battle mechanic, and maybe that's on me. It's, um, it's a it's a little weird. It's much, but I, I'm I if like you can it. play Magic, you can play Pokemon. It's essentially like instead of using mana, they use energy cards. Yeah. So in order to use your Pokemon's uh, move set you have to have a certain amount of energy, energy. Yeah. got it I, they're shiny yeah um 
I don't know how many you draw. Yeah. The, I don't know what your opening hand is, but I, don't I know. know. Can you use trap cards? They don't have trap cards, but they do have like healing potions. So if somebody damages your Pokemon, uh, you can heal them. And I would like to bring this up. Um, when Josh says that he's a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh, it's not a casual thing. I mean, he made a PowerPoint presentation on all of Yu-Gi-Oh start to finish chronologically. So I know about the ancient Egyptian origins. I gotta know what's going on with Zoomers making pre- PowerPoint presentations. It is so everything. fun. Yeah, Have you PP not night. done it? PowerPoint. PP night. PowerPoint night. No fucking way. Yeah. yeah. You make a PowerPoint on something that you can info dump about and then you show up to the party and then you present it to all your friends and they have to listen because they yeah. want to also do theirs. Yeah. And I even... gave one on Luna. <laughs> yeah. And I did mine uh, on, on all um, of Yu-Gi-Oh. On all of Yu-Gi-Oh. And uh, all I want to say is uh, just a little disclaimer. Anyone who's having a PP night, make sure that you're doing it with a group of people that will also be um, participating. So Yeah. Wait, people come to PP night and don't participate mm-hmm. um pe- some people even host pp night and, and then uh actively say that they are going to be participating up until the day of where they random they somehow forgot um, yeah so then you only have two presentations and so, you're supposed to have more yeah so there's a segment on uh me and my partner show called petty prime time where yeah. you subtweet somebody in real life we did and it. i feel like that just happened yeah yeah um most of my dialect comes from um petty subtweets uh irl <laughs> because because yeah. we're never like we have this thing where it's like we aren't rude we're mean and there's a difference absolutely what is the difference between being rude and well, mean? Well, being rude is like very unwarranted. So think of the Karen that's out of pocket in the right. store. Okay. So that's just rude behavior. Being mean to customer service workers and all that. Like, yeah. That's like, just If you rude. just first meet someone and you're instantly like slightly calling them ugly, that's rude. But if the person deserves it and you know them, girl, be mean. So being mean is justified. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Being mean is earned. And I think, like, be mean. <laughs> I'm very pro being mean. Yeah. Um, I think there's too many people that think they always have to, like, let's lead with love and always be kind. Absolutely not. Yeah. If somebody's a menace, get them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's open season. I'm a big fan of pulling that uh, blanket of, like, respect off because... Yeah. <laughs> Truly, they're like you, I am the type of person that you get my full respect at the very beginning, but as soon as it's gone, like I don't even care. Like it, I like there's no earning it back. Yeah, we're wow. breaking the Geneva Convention. Yeah, <laughs> like I kind of feel like millenni- millennials are a little di- bit different in the sense that everybody starts at zero. Yeah. yeah, and then like you earn the respect. And then it's very like you can lose it, but you can get it back. Right. Uh, Gen Z, it, and I think the fundamental difference comes from the fact that, like, when you guys were growing up, I think being a nerd was still stigmatized. Like, you were getting bullied 80s movie style, like in school. <laughs> like, people are actually pushing you into lockers and stuff. And so now you guys have this mentality where it's like, no, everyone deserves kindness. No one comes out of the womb like being a demon, so we have to treat everybody we first meet with love. Right. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> we weren't bullied, and we saw the horrible effects of children that grew up never being bullied a little. Truly. Like, and like, I mean, <laughs> bullying 
in it in the intensity that it has been in in the past it is bad it's bad yeah however like i mean there's some people that went unchecked so long exactly and there's some people that grew up thinking that every thought that they've ever had is valid and it's not yeah it's it's like the the removal of like all bullying has definitely created something it's created people don't understand the difference between criticisms valid critiques communication and bullying they think it's all the same Mm -hmm. things now anything negative is like bullying and it's bad and we've seen the effects of that in the ttrpg space this week where it's like if anybody gives anything negative to you at all you're like here's my call out post on twitter (laughs) i have been a victim and it's like now were you a victim (laughs) or are you bad at your job (laughs) oh boy Hey, nobody knows who I'm talking about. And I also follow so many people on Twitter. Have fun. But yeah, no, Gen Z is very pro-vigilante justice. Pro-vigilante <laughs> justice. Like, the, yeah. like, you had a Twitter for literally five seconds, oh. and you immediately call some man Gandalf the Grey. I, no, I, I definitely said Get Gandalf the, the White, yeah, but uh, YT. Yeah. Oh, because it was a white person acting up. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, he looked did. like an old wizard. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my you God. logged in and immediately were like, so who's getting it? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what I've always used Twitter for is um, if I don't like something, I will call it out. Um, I do try to like be like respectful for the most part. Um, but I mean, it's also like a sliding scale of severity. If you really fucked up. You're right? good, you're... And that's the thing. I think again, like millennials, like you guys are always trying to be like, witty or something with the clapbacks and critiques gen z if you are being stupid i'm like look at this freak (laughs) (laughs) i don't know know that you can get away with calling people a freak i mean what if they're being a huge fucking freak (laughs) what qualifies as being a freak any of the gross blue-haired white men okay the people watching ai stuff of women the deep fakes of women they're freaks yeah the like the TTRPG general weird thing where it's like, we'll let a bad actor get away with it for so long because we're afraid of critiquing them. Uh-uh. That guy's a fucking freak. How's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a weirdo. Oh. Like, I literally said it in the replies of one of Persephone's tweets this week where, like, I did not, I never considered myself, like, that I could be a certain level of mean until I entered the TTRPG space and then left and right, I'm like, I have to push that nerd into a locker. What? I've never had that urge before in my life. And then I see some of these absolutely dog shit takes and I'm like, well, I have to, I think. <laughs> oh that one game that was like, I don't know if you saw it, but essentially this person that I saw on Twitter got kicked out of a horror game because they asked if there would be safety tools. Yeah, and the guy running the game was like, I want to make a real horror game. We're mm. not doing that. That guy? Fucking freak. Yeah, that <laughs> is that is freak uh, okay, yeah, if freak, you, freak TTRPG behavior. Delta? Yeah. TTRPG GIFs? Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Really? Were they the person that did it, or were they the person that no, got that kicked out? the person that got kicked out of the group. Yeah. Oh. It's an offline game. Oh, okay. Well, TTRP GIFs, you a bad bitch. And the person that kicked you out that game is a fucking freak. I was about to be like, <laughs> like I know them. They're they're real good people. Okay. Yeah. So, with that, that's the energy Josh and I are going into this episode with. 
Well, we've touched upon quite a few stories, so I think let's uh, let's let's start with uh, let's start with the most freaky, which I think is very clearly freaky derogatory, not freaky Nicki Minaj. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, freaky yeah. derogatory, which is uh, the deep fake story. Uh, if, if, who would like to go ahead and summarize this one? I got it. Um, so, streamer Atrioc was streaming, had his tabs open, and one of the tabs was a deepfake website consisting of deepfakes of streamers um, without their consent in pornographic adult situations. The internet, of course, saw the tab and was like, hello, what are you doing? Um, immediately moved to cancel the man himself. And now we're in the aftermath of that, where the women who had their image used are coming out saying, obviously, this was like painful for them. It was harmful. And Atrioch apologized and was like, I just went down a rabbit hole of like AI deepfake stuff and I couldn't fight the curiosity. Yeah. Thoughts, fellas? <sighs> Yeah, um, I at, see it's the point that he even says, like, in his little apology, like, he was he couldn't fight the morbid curiosity. <laughs> and I mean, I'm curious to see what a dead body looks like, but I'm not going to find one. <laughs> yeah. um, that is so real, though. <laughs> Wait a second, you're right. Like, like you can think about it, but you you obviously yeah. aren't gonna go like grave digging. Yeah, the the thing about curiosity is you don't have to feed into it. Um, that is how people end up in jail. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times I've gone, hey, what if I put my whole hand on a hot stove and then not done that? <laughs> you, you know, it's a the, sign of weakness. <laughs> the part of the story that that gets me the most. Well, there are two parts of the story that get me, which is one, um. The apology. Mm-hmm. It it's your classic YouTube apology, but he he does a thing that politicians do, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've seen too many YouTubers do it. Okay, which is that he, his partner, yeah, his wife, yep. is in the Cry- background in, in the his back. apology, kind of just looking like you motherfucker. Why am I here? <laughs> where was um where was this energy for the Nihon Nights guy? Uh, <laughs> Wait, I still miss that. I want an apology. I want tears. Anyway, they blocked me instead of apologizing. Freak shit. Anyway. <laughs> no. and, and the second thing, like, with this story is just it, it really kind of exposed how shitty guys are on the internet because there are a lot of people coming to this dude's defense like what's the big deal it's fake and it's just like the big deal is that there is somebody making porn of people that did not give consent to be in that porn right so it's a violation yeah i think the struggle is that a lot of like people and i will even say men specifically in this situation because it's a lot of men on twitter they're not understanding that consent doesn't only exist in the context of physical sexual actions like consent is a basic fundamental understanding of like any dynamic between two people internet or otherwise um i and it's so weird because i think you just have to break it down so simply for them where it's like in this life 
if something you do involves me or impacts me even indirectly and I don't want that to happen, we then have an impasse. A conversation has to happen or someone has to give. But like this whole thing where it's like, I don't understand why she's upset. Like it, It's kind of played into that sense of entitlement that a lot of guys on the internet have. Yeah. And it's... It's because they didn't get bullied enough. Apparently. Yeah. Um. And I mean, like, the whole it's just fake. It doesn't like that doesn't that doesn't mean it's not harmful. Right. Like uh, we saw that like as like we just saw like perpetually on the internet like fake news circulating and all that. Like these articles and stuff like that can really hurt people. All forms of media can hurt people at the end of the day. Yeah. And so like to just like say well it's fake still these are people's faces and not only that but like i think of it as like you know if i had a kid and i see a deep fake on the internet of my child yeah like that's always going to be a jarring image you don't want to subject anybody to that and that should be like the basis of it and i had the best luck when i had to explain this to someone by just laying it out simply as a woman with a presence online I had the choice going into what my presence online would be. Do I want pictures of me naked online? Yes or no. And I thought that I would be good by just saying no. And if I myself am not putting them on there, they shouldn't be on there. And now they're inventing this weird third option where I can live my life doing my best so that there is no naked content of me online. And now some freak who's upset that I didn't do it myself said, fine, let me take matters into my own hands. I'm a see her titties. What? <laughs> he said, let me homebrew some of these nudes. Uh, what the fuck? Can I tag onto that? Yeah. Anita's getting on the mic, y'all. This shit getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's that weird third option, right? Yeah. Where, but if you were to actually go forth and monetize yourself in that way and sexualize yourself and make an OnlyFans or what have you. Right you'd get shamed to shit because of it, right? You can't fucking win because ultimately it's about men having control of women's bodies. That's 100%. That's what it is. And it's just so... (laughs) Thank you, Anita. The Anita feature was amazing. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and that's what it is. And that's what's been hitting me the most personally because, like, let's be real. A lot of women, once you have a presence online in any kind of circumstance, and, I mean, I've even jokingly, like, sexualized myself online before, but it's a joke and I have the control. The scary thing... You sexualize me a lot. Exactly. Like, it's funny. I'm having fun. (laughs) I'm in control. (laughs) But, like, now it's fucked up in that, like, you know, you build an you build an audience and you amass an audience of people and you hope that these people see you as a person. And when this kind of stuff happens, you realize you're not a person anymore. You are a resource. And if you don't give these people all of you that they want, they'll take it. And that's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I can't even, like... Yeah, it's a scary thing to grapple with. Yeah. It's digital SA. It, literally, it yeah. is. It it's is. a violation of like privacy and dignity. And it, it, I mean, and Anita brought up something that I had been thinking about, where it's just like, let's say you do give these people pictures of you naked online. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they don't yeah. want you to be happy in you doing it. You know, I, and- you realize part of this seems to be like it's not about your boobs <laughs> at the end of the day it's this weird thing where it's like they did something you didn't want them to do 
it's the leaking of women's nudes online type of thing. It's the making the nudes for her. It's pressuring a woman to do sex work and to open an OnlyFans because you see that a lot with content creators too. Yeah, like it's not about the body, even though that's a big aspect of it. It's just about making you do something you don't want to or putting you through something that you didn't ask for. Yeah, and and I mean it's also <laughs> the fact that. The specific site that he was on, it you have to pay for. <laughs> and get, even getting into that, where it's like, now someone else has monetized your naked body without your permission. Exactly. And so now people yeah. are reaping the benefits of something that is... It's straight up profiting off of the violation like, of a woman's body. Yeah. And I'm happy that from a legal standpoint, they treat this the same way you treat revenge porn. So you know there is legal ramifications of it. But at some point, like... But this guy's not going to face any of that Absolutely shit. not. No. And it, because he's just using a surface. Right. And it's just... It's so bothersome. It's so bothersome, <laughs> I will say, in the least. That, like... Imagine, for a lot of these women, they didn't even know this website existed. Yeah. So... If you're not actively looking, you don't have a PR team and a legal team to always be clearing the internet of this stuff. That can happen. And it sucks. Because you, you know, you want to have a presence on the internet. You want to stream. And it's so crazy. As a woman, you got to think, yeah, but there's a chance that one day I'll be looking for porn and I'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you brought up the fact that, or Anita brought up the fact that when, when these creators do create their OnlyFans... People shame them. They don't want to pay for it. That kind of stuff. But, you know, when Twitch had its, like, top 100 earners revealed, like, you had to get all the way to, like, the 34th person before you found a woman. Yeah. And yet there are still all these dudes going, like, you know, hot tub streamers are are taking all the money that we should have. They're only famous because they're they're only getting views because they're in a hot tub. And it's just like one, that's not the case. Two, apparently that's what y'all want. You want to see boobies, and they're like giving you boobies, and you're complaining. Yeah. And and then if they don't give you boobies, then you go to a site. Can I say boobies enough? Yeah. And if you and if and if they don't give you movies, you go to a site where they make it make yeah. it happen. Because it's just, there's no winning. Yeah, because it's insane to me how, like, you don't want to be sexualized and then you're deemed a prude, but then you do sexualize yourself and then you're deemed a whore. And there's no in between where you're just a person anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's unhinged. And like, truly, as a femaline person online. Like, there is no escaping it. You can make the most, like, innocuous, inane content, and there's going to be some freak that's like, have you considered opening an OnlyFans? Sir, I do ASMR unboxings. <laughs> God. Today we're opening up a box of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. This is the sound of the Amazon box. <laughs> Like, it's so weird. You just can't win. Um, my condolences to all these women that had to deal with this. My condolences to all the women that will continue to have to deal with this. And my condolences uh, to the losers who do this, because when I find them, <laughs> I'm taking your fucking knees, loser. Next, our next actual play is just hunting these dudes down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez. Roll a nat 20 for these fucking hands, dork. <laughs> 
But on to our next story, getting away from the morose, on to something that is morose to only me. What? James Gunn (laughs) announced announced the lineup for the future of DC and their projects. Um, I'm like quaking. I'm so upset. Yeah, we're we're getting a new Superman, y'all. He's going to be 25 in 2025. Really? Yeah. I didn't know he was going to be that young. Yeah, it pissed me off. That's Superboy? No, no, that's, yeah. (laughs) That's Super Teenager. (laughs) (laughs) That is Super Adult question mark? That's Super Little Man. (laughs) That's Super Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Not Gen Z Superman. (laughs) You know that motherfucker's annoying. He vapes. (laughs) God. I mean, I don't even know who is in that age range that I would cast. There's nobody. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, but here, um, I'll Google the lineup and we'll go through the projects that were announced and see. Yeah, we've got the Young Superman movie. We have I the saw- Lanterns. Lanterns, that's going to be good. Hal Jordan and uh, John Stewart. I know who I want for John Stewart, but it'll never happen. Oh. You're going to yell at me. I will. I want Common to be John Stewart. Why? Because he, he would be perfect. Why? <laughs> That's so silly. <laughs> Who would you cast? Not Common. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I don't know. What about Common to you reads John Stewart? Did you see him in John Wick? Yeah. Okay. He, he can. See? It's, it's uh, uh, I feel okay. like they're trying to skew younger with this Justice League, though. Except for Batman, who canonically is going to be a father of nine. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, okay, let me get the crying over with. So I mostly brought this up. I'm going to try not to cry into the microphone. I mostly brought this up because James Gunn confirmed that the Batman project we're getting is Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, Damien is Robin. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that is... That is however you want to think of it. My issue with it, though, is like a lot of Robins come before Damien and a lot of story comes before Damien and a lot of the foundations of Batman are well before Damien. So how are we supposed to jump into this established Bat family and not be kind of lost and missing out on a ton of stuff? Yeah, because I mean, because they truly have to... um like talk about the league of assassins but because like without the league of assassins there would be no damien right so like what in the that leads to the question of like who's the villain is it gonna be like a weekly procedural where it's just batman's different roles and i understand it's gonna follow uh the comics there i guess but it's just like i don't know my favorite batman and robin duo is obviously batman and my favorite robin tim drake I don't know. <laughs> James Gunn just told me to fucking eat it. Tim Drake is never going to be in a movie. I know. How, oh, how did we get Tim, or how did we get um, Damien before Nightwing? <laughs> you just caused a conniption in my brain. Like, can we all say a silent prayer for the Dick Grayson girls that got fucked by this announcement? <laughs> like, obviously this is an L for me as the ultimate Tim Drake stand, but my Dick Grayson girlies are sobbing on the timeline every time I open it up. I mean, I'm assuming that the reason that they did this is because Nightwing has to get his own movie. That's the only way this makes sense. 
Nightwing has to get his own movie, and then they have to do a Titans movie where we would have Tim Drake. That's the only way this makes sense. I don't think I. Okay, this is not me being a victim. Like this is not me being a uh, because I'm a Tim Drake fan. I'm a victim. This is me legitimately thinking. I can't imagine anything about Tim Drake appeals to James Gunn. Like completely honesty. Like I think part of the reason why he's doing this is because he's realized like certain things you can shift otherwise. Uh, Red Hood, you could do solo Red Hood, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Fans love him. They love that comic book run. You can do it. Nightwing, you could put that motherfucker anywhere. Like, teen, like Titans, you're right. He could go do that. He could appear in 9,000 other I don't think we're going to ever get the Red we're Hood storyline We're not going to see Tim now, Drake. Though. No. It's, it's, I mean, Tim Drake in its entirety is so dense. <laughs> uh, That's my boy. Yeah. And to like... There, I don't feel as though that they could actually do it in a way that would like justify it yeah. until they get a, like a better like. They gotta find something else to do with Tim Drake in the comics before they attempt him anywhere, and I don't think anyone's gonna try. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, Tim Drake was Batman's Robin for some of the best, best. yeah storylines. Yep, like Hush. Yep, Nightfall. Yep, Battle for the Cow. Yeah. And we're just not the Red Hood story. And you know, the issue with it is I feel like a lot of people have seen the next steps for the other Robins. I mean, Dick Grayson became Nightwing. He's doing his own thing. Uh, Jason became the Red Hood. He's doing his own thing. Tim in the comics, they don't know what to do with him. So they're just not. (laughs) He's Robin again somehow. I mean, they can't even give him a name. They can't age him up. That motherfucker has been 17 forever. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, more than that, Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Yep. They'll probably. Uh, Jason Todd is Red, Red Hood. Hood. Damien is Robin. Robin. So who the fuck is Tim Drake? In all fairness, I'll give it to him. They tried twice. They made him Red Robin, and that worked for a little bit. <laughs> They gave him Drake, and that shit was so dumb. The comic fans of Tim Drake said, fuck you, no, he's not. And DC said, you're right, he's not Drake. That was on us. <laughs> My bad. Shit. <laughs> shit, you was right. He's not that. I mean, it read Robin as a name. Sucks. sucks. It blows. Literally. It fucking blows. Like, it's a bad name, and, and the burgers burger aren't even good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the burgers aren't that great. Listen. Uh, Every time he comes around, the villains go, yum. <laughs> literally. That's how you know he's coming. You just slowly hear Yum, yum, as it gets closer. You smell the fry seasoning, and you're like, he's coming. But no, and it's like, he adopted the Red Robin identity so he could, because he got fired. He got fucking fired from being Robin. And you know what? But that's one thing. I'm excited for, um, I was going to say I was excited for another DC project, but I'm not. Which way? None of them. I was trying to lie. (laughs) trying to feel good about can, myself can we talk about the fact that ezra miller is still flash you mean non-binary stitch <laughs> wait what there was a tweet that said you gotta call ezra miller the non-binary stitch the way they're assaulting all of hawaii the <laughs> 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 way they causing pandemonium in hawaii non-binary stitch oh my god honestly they said let them cook <laughs> they said Shh, they cooking they are doing something that's for sure they're doing something real you know i am 
I will play like devil's advocate right now. I'm very interested to see where this like DC shifts to. Mm-hmm. Um, but more in the sense that like, I'm also interested in like car crashes. And <laughs> <laughs> seeing dead bodies. People are going to be like, Joy, who do you hang out with? Oh, like, a real one? <laughs> Honestly, this should give all the people um, vying to be my partner this, this hope for you guys because Josh wants to look at dead bodies and car catches and I go, bestie! <laughs> now, now you know why I've been having such a hard time finding a partner. I know. Like, my brother will go through the people that want to date me. He's like, no, but they're normal. <laughs> They are a nice person. They don't want to look at dead bodies or car crashes at all. <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, my interests are very skewed in the sense of, um, like, real life horror is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I love that stuff. Yeah, we um, saw the death exhibit at the Field Museum. Oh, where they have the cadavers all. Well, No, that's the Museum of Science and Industry. And that's not even cadavers. Those are just, like, anatomy diagrams. Mm-hmm. Like, just lungs. No, the, the one that I was talking about had the actual cadaver, like the skinless. Uh huh. Oh yeah, that's bodies. the Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah, those oh, okay. are just out permanently. Mm-hmm. The death exhibit is more of like around the world, the traditions and cultures surrounding oh, death. Okay. We yeah. got to see like Japanese monks. Uh, they do paintings of the different stages of decomposition to kind of like numb themselves to it. Yeah. Uh, we saw that. We got to smell what a dead body smells like. Yeah. Um. It's very. It's, it's okay, the best way to describe it is sickly sweet. Um, yeah, there's a really sweet one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because there's Gross. like, yeah, because <laughs> there's like two little vents. They have you smell like The first one dead. is like fresh death, and yeah. then the second one is like the chemicals. Yeah. Release. Yeah, Febreze was trying to figure out why that scent didn't work. It smelled actually kind of good. <laughs> no, literally, that's Josh the Josh and that's I looked at each part. other nervous after, because we both smelled it, and we're like, was it supposed to smell yeah. bad? Yeah, and then I read the... <laughs> And then, hey, kids, before you um, are in a museum and you're, like, doing something, read the plate. Uh, (laughs) Because the plate gave a full description of what we went through. And it did describe it as uh, very sweet. sweet. Yeah, so So. we hadn't read it. And we just know, like, oh, it's supposed to smell like death. It smells good. And then we get scared. We're like, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for a second, I was like... Mm, brains? No, no. <laughs> Me going like our our zombie? No. No, no, <laughs> no, no. We're normal. But yeah. Um. With that though, I want to move on to the next bit of news. Oh, okay. You didn't want to cry about Batman some more. Listen, girl. I am having the worst time of my life. <laughs> Legitimately, I was having a very hard time carrying on. <laughs> what if What if the kid from uh What if the kid from uh, uh Umbrella Academy? And he shouldn't play Damien. He's white. Like, if they cast a little white boy Lizzie, to play Damien, Lizzie, I'm biting Are we Are throat. we really gonna act like they're not gonna cast a white guy as Damien Wade? Like, do we want to put money okay. on it? Okay, this is a threat. <laughs> do we want to put money on it? They're uh, going to. I I mean, okay. Uh, we saw what um this uh what like the nerd space can do to companies mm-hmm. um so i mean we completely bullied a fully finished product of the sonic movie into getting re- <laughs> remastered yeah. so legitimately i mean if we just start Bully. calling them bigots and racists yeah. we're gonna do it right yeah let's keep let's do it 
once a day I'm gonna be tweeting at James Gunn I swear to fucking god <laughs> if you make him white I'm rocking everybody's shit <laughs> well first off they're gonna make Talia Al white no well you can't do that because she's not to. she's Middle Eastern they're you go- cannot they're going do that. to do it no, I guarantee can I say they something? made a French lady Talia Al Ghul not, not can the- I be real right now for everyone comic knowledge wise that's not the danger that we have to worry about the danger that we have to worry about is the racist way they tend to write Talia Al Ghul there is comic book runs in which she's a loving mother and that the way she had Damien wasn't what, what it was. The way that everyone knows that she conceived she, Damien. She scooped the goo. Right. That, <laughs> yeah. That's been retconned because it was very much so a stereotype of like brown foreign women, you know, preying on the innocent white man who got seduced by them. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They've retconned it. It's different. The thing they is, made Batman a passport, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. God. The, but the fear here and the worry and the real worry that we have to have with Talia Al Ghul is are they going to go with the retcon version or are they going to make her the sexy dragon lady that steals the white man's nut to give birth to her assassin baby if they do that it's James Gunn <laughs> every day I'm so I glad up. we're video recording this because y'all have got to see the breakdown that Joey is having right now Every day I wake up. (laughs) 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 We got like there's some okay. Let me. I'm gonna speed run through all my problems with the Batman thing. We're just gonna do it really fast and then we'll move on. All right. Okay. Number one, starting off with Damien, there's a good way that they can do it in that he's literally walking into the family and it's a pre-existing family with pre-existing dynamics and they mention them out the gate and that way we as the audience are using Damien as a vehicle into the pre-existing family. It's not about just Damien and Bruce Wayne. It's about Damien walking into Bruce and his already existent family. That would be my perfect way to go about it. They're not going to because they fucking hate me. Damien is going to be white. We are not going to see Tim Drake and if we do see Tim Drake, they're going to paint him as a bitch that loses out to Damien. I know it. They do it all the time. They're going to do it again. Yeah, did Damien break his arm upon meeting him? Yeah. Yeah. Or was um, that great that he did that too. No, it was Tim. It was, it, Tim. It was Tim. Yeah, yeah. He, they, he, yeah. He, he um beat Tim to near death. <laughs> he, he, was, he was beating the fuck out of Tim. Um, Jason, I don't even know if they would bother to include him, or if they do, it'll be like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge towards the audience where they're like, "We stay out of the Bowery." Who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's his territory. We don't go there. Ugh, and okay. then they make or, a movie called The Bowery. <laughs> I, I was thinking that they would have him still dead. No. Uh, Jason mm. Todd fans are actually violent. They might go to DC Studios <laughs> and burn it down. <laughs> and while you're there, if you just go and put a note in about Damien. Yeah. Ooh, even better. Even better thing to see if they do. Will Barbara Gordon be in a wheelchair? Mm. Uh, okay, are you for? I'm pro I, the wheelchair. Yeah, we need to see heroes in all their dynamics. I want Oracle. Yeah, yeah. See, but here's the thing, and here's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm worried that they'll have Barbara in the wheelchair, not as Oracle. I don't think that. I feel like if they're bothering to include her in the wheelchair at all, she'll be Oracle. Or, the thing is, if they don't, they will absolutely have her as Batgirl, and I'm punching everybody in the knees. Or is it? Or is it going to be one of those like weird ones where they have, like, at the end they do a little like credit sequence of 
her like stepping into her oracle like <laughs> yeah. she's opening a windows tab she's and she's li- <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded Linux <laughs> that's the credit scene <laughs> she types out a, a bunch of nonsense and goes I'm in <laughs> here's why I'm afraid that they're gonna do Barbara dirty in the way that I say mm-hmm. don't forget there is a fully finished Batgirl movie right. that they scrapped. Correct. I do not believe they give a single solitary fuck about Barbara Gordon or Batgirl or Oracle. So I expect for them to do her mad dirty. See, the thing mm. is, James Gunn purposely used the term Bat Family. Like, that includes all of them. The real question is, how are they going to fuck it up? I mean, are they going to include Cassandra Cain? Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not, they won't. And if they no. do, it's going to be the version of her where she's mute, which... Not mm. great. So does. let's see who else. Stephanie. I would pay good money to say Stephanie's not going to make it to the final cut. She's not making it to the final Oh, yeah, no. We no. are not seeing We're Steph. We're not going to see Stephanie. No. Not at all. Oh, you know what'll piss me off? If we get, like, Ace and Bat-Cow and, and we don't get, like, Barbara Gordon. <laughs> if we get Bat-Cow and we don't get Cassandra Cain, I'm walking. <laughs> if we get Alfred the Cat, Bat-Cow, and no, none of like the women of the Bat family, oh, I'm so far out. Or they're going to do Barbara Gordon in the wheelchair by an able-bodied actress. Oh, oh that's, that's a gimme. gimme. That's a gimme. That's a gimme. Yeah. Able-bodied actress playing wheelchair oracle. Not great. Yeah. Ugh. I know I should have got you. <laughs> but yeah um, we're gonna leave this topic alone cause I could go off on it forever different things have been happening in the nerd space that aren't this but it's not great either now that I'm thinking about it the TTRPG space has been in disarray and while I could talk about specific stories I think what would be even more apt is to start uh, big and I suppose we could narrow it down but I've just realized there is this weird thing where like you put safety tools in place, you you know, you talk, you have an open avenue of communication with the people that you're working with, and yet no one wants to do that one-on-one communication when something bad happens. And instead, there's this new phenomena where we hit Twitter with a call-out thread instead of letting anybody know the problem face-to-face or Discord-to-Discord, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean... And yeah. as someone in the space, welcome to Evening Incantation. Josh and I are interviewing you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our show has been hijacked by your show. Yeah, yeah the mid-pivot really um, works for us. Yeah, um, so my co-host, you know, you've seen this happening. People calling each other yeah. out on Twitter, not using the things in Discord, in-game, set aside to make communication open and to keep people safe. And then they do this weird thing where they turn to Twitter with their grievances. You know, we have someone in the space with us. Yeah. Um, these people, like, they're just kind of, um, they're tell- they're, it's like you hit someone with your car, okay? <laughs> and that a police officer shows up and then they're like, well, how did this happen? And then you say, well, I was going to use my brakes, but in the moment, like, I didn't want what to. if they didn't work or like you know yeah, like so I, d- I didn't want to make a thing of it and it's just like okay so you still hit them so you're <laughs> gonna get the ticket um you should have used your brakes you should have sure. used your brakes can you explain why it. one would not use the brakes 
I, I've I've encountered this myself. I I just recently showed you yeah. about uh 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 an issue I had where uh I got I got into it with a channel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I didn't really get into it with the channel as much as I I left graciously, mm-hmm. and their response was to cuss me out in Discord and then try to smear me on Twitter, which you Work. know shout out. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> I can't wait till we get our first call up host. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Like, I, what do you think yours is going to be for? <laughs> going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called out three times. <laughs> Bangers every time. Uh, Twice for being transphobic, which Work. I am not. Um, I, took part of, I took part in a meme mm-hmm. that I didn't realize originated from the trans community. I yeah. was just, I saw a friend do it. I hopped on mm-hmm. and then somebody felt a certain type of way about it. Yeah. Uh that was the that was the second time from the same person. The first time uh I told people not to play cyberpunk because the trans community said not to and I was just like, Well Guess don't <laughs> don't because they said not to. I don't know why they said not to. I don't need to know. They said not to. It's good enough for me. And they they did not appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and then the third time uh, was because um, I had scheduling issues with this one show. Uh, and so, like, it, it, I had scheduling issues, so I had to miss a couple games, uh, which I told them about ahead of time. Uh, and then when I did play, uh, it, was, it was... My character was not being received well by the party. Right. Um, and whenever I do it, like I'm a huge proponent for safety tools. I use the XNO system in every game that I run. And even on morning ritual, we let our guests know that we use, you know, the XNO system. So if we ever come upon a uh, conversation, a topic that you don't want to talk about, use that. Mm-hmm. So I was with this actual play. Apparently they didn't like what my character was doing. And whenever right. I would do anything, I would, I would put, Oh, which is, hey, are you okay with this thing that I just did? Yeah. And I would get O back, which mm-hmm. means that we're okay with it, which yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, so I got a letter, I got a, a Discord message from the GM that was just like, hey, uh, you missed a few games, which, you know, not cool, which mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, and also the party doesn't like some of the things that you're doing with your character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wasn't aware because we do the X and O system. Also, we do Stars and Wishes. Stars and Wishes is another safety tool where after a session, uh, you list your stars, which are things that happen in the session that you liked, Mm -hmm. and you do your wishes, which are, I wish for next time that, you know, like, let's say your character slapped me up a bunch. Like, I wish that your character would be a little less violent towards mine. It's just that kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. a healthy way to discuss what happens in a session. So we did, we had two different safety tools Mm -hmm. that should have informed me that something was wrong and nobody ever let me know. They had the GM let me know. And I was just like, okay, well, one, my schedule is very busy at the time. So I was like, I'm sorry. I haven't been able to give the show the attention that it deserves. Mm -hmm. And also I'm very sorry that, you know, the people that I'm playing with feel uncomfortable I wasn't aware Mm -hmm. and I think part of me being unaware was because of my schedule right now where I didn't have a lot of time to talk 
things through. Right. So I think the best option would be for me to step back. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I said that respectfully. Yeah. The GM was like, oh, okay, that's very, that's fine. You know, thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. The rest of the party, right. <laughs> well, well, two of the people in the party who were the showrunners at the time, mm-hmm. uh, cussed me the fuck out on Discord. <laughs> Because you had a scheduling conflict. And because they didn't like your thing, so then you said, okay, let me take it away. And then afterwards said, well, why'd you leave? (laughs) (laughs) Stupid bitch. (laughs) Right, essentially. Yeah. Uh, And like, even in their cussing me out Discord messages, they acknowledged that we didn't say anything about you know right. what we didn't like because I just wanted to be your friend mm-hmm. and how can I tell you stuff that I don't like if I'm trying to be your friend how dare you put me in this situation all now right. you're disrespectful and all this kind of stuff and I'm like if you don't tell me how am I supposed to know how am I, like you the safety the safety tools don't work if you don't if use you don't them. use them if, right. if 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 you don't feel comfortable telling someone you want to be your friend that they're like. You, yeah. You 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 want to have like a friendship, but then you don't want to like put in the legwork. Yeah, no effort. <laughs> you don't want to no like you, like you wanna you want them to shape to your comfortability or to their comfortability, and it's like, but that's understandable only as long as we know when you are uncomfortable. Right. right. And you know, like, and that's a thing in the TTRPG space, and I think it is a result of. Um, it's this weird mix of like parasocial relationships, but at the same time, once again, people in the TTRPG space think they're a community, so everyone's at the same level. And like, I, I see it, and it happens in my mentions a lot, where essentially like, because we have a shared interest or identity, instantly we have this connection, and so now your actions affect me in a very intimate way because I view us as close, I perceive us as close. Yeah. I'm in your mentions. I liked your tweets. We're in this game together, so we're besties, right? And you know, me and you are normal people. Mm. No. <laughs> I, can I can I tell you a funny story that happened with this situation? Yeah. This this just goes to show you how stupid I am. Yeah. Um. So after this all happened, I went on my stream to just mm-hmm. kind of talk about like. You know, it, it kind of sucks when you want to do a project with somebody, but, you know, schedules and times don't let that happen. You know, the stars just don't align. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. It's just that there's only so many hours of the day. And that really sucks. Yeah. But, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's just, you know, it's just part of what we do in the actual play space. Sometimes schedules are the hardest monsters for us to fight. It, it was very much in that sense. Yeah, lighthearted. And yeah. I got a message after that mm-hmm. that was just like, I can't believe you went on stream to complain about us. How dare you? All this kind of stuff. But here, here's, here's the part that's funny. Right. <laughs> the message contained the sentence, you know, my feelings are not content. And I, that's how I read it, which yeah. is my feelings are not content, and I'm just like, oh, oh no, what? I see where you went wrong. What? Uh. What? What can I do to make your feelings more content? Yeah. I don't understand. And that's the message that I sent back, but I was blocked by that point. Yeah. And so I'm just like, how can I make their feelings content if I if I if I, if they block me? I don't understand. And it took me a few readings, and then I think content. Anita finally went, no, <laughs> their feelings are not. Content. content and i'm like oh that's what they meant 
Like I'm over here like I want their feelings to be content. What the what the fuck do I do? It's ass. Yeah, well yeah. Here. I think this is a perfect time to introduce a segment we have on our show Evening Incantation where we talk about the actions I'll of I want you to know that's the name of this episode's title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we won. We, we did it. <laughs> But basically, on our show, Evening Incantation, we'll talk about a bad actor in the community, or at least the drama that has happened with one specific person over the week, and we will debate, is that person a freak, or was this just some weak behavior? So, the people that called out my brother for having schedule issues... Are they fucking freaks or are they just fucking weak? <laughs> to, to be fair. To be <laughs> yeah. fair. No, to be fair to them. Yeah. They also have one other complaint, and I want to make sure that I put all, yeah, their complaints all the cards out there. on the table. Yeah. They made me uh, an admin for the channel. Right. And they gave me the job of like bringing in more diversity. Correct. Because there was not much. Yeah. Okay. Again. This was a point where I had made the decision to leave my corporate job and yeah. pursue doing streaming full time. and actual plays full time. So mm-hmm. I had two jobs, mm-hmm. finding work mm-hmm. and then doing the work. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was doing their shows mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't do much in terms of admin stuff like they, okay. they asked me to. So they were just like, we brought you in. We made you an admin. And this is what you do. And I'm just like. Yeah, this is giving fucking weak to me. Yeah, yeah. There's not really like. I, it's um, fucking weak. It's not freak behavior, but it's just like, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like, it's very like collected feelings. Yeah. Um, One might even say bottled. Um, <laughs> and, Repressed even. Yeah. And it's just giving, it's giving weak. And. <laughs> You know, I, I I wanna I wanna be respectful yeah. towards them. And it's, um, it, no, this is all respect. Fucking weak though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect how weak that was. Yeah, like watching SpongeBob <laughs> lift two stuffed animals. <laughs> like my whole thing, <laughs> my grievance here is just like maybe it's because I've been blessed in that my friends and I and like I we've we've seen the podcast, we've seen my Twitter. We know what I'm like. If I have any grievance at all, the first thing I do is say it out loud. Because nothing can get solved when you keep shit to yourself. Yes. And to be honest, I feel like safety tools would be such an easy shorthand for me. And I was talking about it, you know, throughout this week because we've, you know, seen multiple situations in which people are uncomfortable. They feel underserved. They're unhappy. Something's wrong. They don't feel safe. And it's so valid of them to feel that way. But I think the difference between me and them is that I see the X's and O's system and whatever the fuck is like, to me, oh, I'm using it just to see if it works. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't get to feel like, you can't feel slighted if you didn't advocate for yourself. Exactly. Damn, bars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At At the end of the day, like, if you're upset, like, you have to talk about it. And it's the fact it's it's I don't when think you have to talk about it. I mean, the exit system, I have said it multiple times. If there was a single moment in any actual play game, you don't have to worry about me. If I feel uncomfortable, you're hearing it immediately. And in that same vein, because I did the legwork to voice my concern, I want it, you know, respected and valued. That's at the point where I will take you seriously if you're like, I feel uncomfortable. When you voiced it and nothing happened and you had to feel unsafe. That is bad. But if you didn't say anything and you sat there and were like, tell telepathically they should know i'm upset yeah 
I mean, and I'm talking, like, from, like, the lines and veils perspective. Yeah. Like, in that moment, like, you know, you guys are, like, trying, like, you're establishing what you're going into. So, I mean, if there is some something that comes up later in the campaign or whatever, like, then, I mean, that that's, if, 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 if the DM actively goes against the lines and veils, that is something completely different, you know? Yeah. But... I agree partially, and, okay. and here's why. There, there's a there's a major example of an utter failure uh-huh. from the GM to understand their table. There was a game. Um, it was really popular. It's called like Far Verona or something mm-hmm. with uh, Adam Cobell. You used to go by Skinny Ghost. Slay. And. Um, <laughs> For one player was playing like a robot or something, and they had an NPC work on the robot, uh-huh. mm. and it got very kind of sexual. Yeah, yep. and you can watch that. Yeah, and like see everybody's faces just like. What the fuck is happening? Stop. 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 And this guy is just laughing and he keeps going. Yeah. And it's such a clear... Nobody loves this moment. Yeah. 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 And like, I... I I don't know the ins and out of that situation other than what we saw. Mm -hmm. I don't know if a safety tool was used, but I kind of feel like even if the safety tool isn't used... You should have enough empathy to kind of look at your table and go, oh, I'm fucking up right now. See, and I will say in my response to that, like, you know, it's not an either or for me. Like, as a DM, you should always be thinking with, like, you know, your table's best interest. Right. But at the same time, as, like, a person in those situations, don't let yourself feel uncomfortable. Don't let yourself feel unsafe. Like, a lot of this stuff is monetized, and I understand that. It's work. But at the end of the day, these tabletops are tabletop games. If you are not having fun, if you feel unsafe playing a game, get out of there. And maybe that's, like, from my perspective, I'm sensitive. I've been a victim to things I didn't want to (laughs) do. And that's all I'll say on that. But I will say, you know, because I've had that lived experience, there's no situation in my life anymore where I'm sitting and I'm uncomfortable. You know? Maybe that is just me, of course. People with different, you know, people with the same experiences cope in different ways. And I understand that. You know, there's also that whole fight or flight thing but when you're agreeing to like these games and these safety tools are set aside for you at that point you know no one's asking you to put all of your trauma on the table just like when you agree to safety tools it's also an agreement to advocate for yourself with them yeah you know, mm-hmm. it's the understanding that you have to take the responsibility to use them when you feel unsafe yeah at that point like and i don't want to be like if you can't do that you shouldn't be playing but i am thinking of like Advocate for yourself and your safety. Know yourself before you agree to certain things. If you cannot handle this, if this is in danger of triggering you, maybe don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that. that that's... Like, and, you know, that's why I, I always stress at the table, maybe to my detriment, like, hey, these tools exist for a reason. Your safety is more important than my story. Like, you, you, it's not just enough to present the safety tools you have to enforce that it's okay to use them yeah like that like i call like i stopped calling them safety tools and i just call them stage directions now because i feel like one 
safety tools has a connotation thrown on it from a lot of like grognards and ignorant assholes online. And some people feed into that. Some people let that spook them from using it. So it's just like, nah, like these are stage directions. Everybody's it's collective storytelling. So everybody's the director. You know, when you're describing what your character is doing, you're the director of the game at the moment. Like that is the point of communal storytelling. You know, and like, it's just one of those things because I feel like everyone has had a story of like something that's happened at a table and they've been like, fucking really? Like, even if it's not (laughs) something that has put like the safety in danger of any of the players, it's just been like fucking annoying. And I'm lucky in that I've played mostly at tables where people are like pretty fucking chill. And even then, it's been interesting to see how people advocate for themselves and for other players in that way. So it is crazy to me to know that there are tables in which people aren't like that. Like on a smaller scale, I was playing an Acemer once and she like she's pretty. Canonically, Acemer, fucking gorgeous. Yeah. A character you are the DM of this campaign. Mm-hmm. Another character like offhandedly just like calls her ugly a little. <laughs> and it was so great for the rest of the table to be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." He, they no. all they all stepped in. Yeah, literally everybody was like, "No, she's gorgeous. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> The way the game stopped for them to be like, no, she's super pretty. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was Teeth, I think. But did, yeah. he, he, he was kind of a villain, so. No, it was, one of, it was one of the other players, that wizard that we didn't play with anymore. Oh! Yeah. He put my character down to lift up another character. Yeah. And the, it was so fun. The character that he wanted to lift up, their player was like, no, she's super gorgeous. We hold I, hands. Uh, I do remember that. We are holding hands now, actually, because you said that. <laughs> hmm. That's. Uh, that's how that game became the, (laughs) that's how that game became the lesbian pirate Starbucks game. Yeah. Yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks. We talked about it. Yeah, so much (laughs) that it is ingrained in me. I feel as though that I got a uh, Fenty Macchiato from Starbucks. (laughs) You were on the ship. Well, no, I was at port, but you know, you guys parked. Yeah, we parked for you. (laughs) But yeah. um, (laughs) God. Um, another, now that this is evening and <laughs> Oh, but wait, uh, still on that topic though. Right. Um, cause I mean, I do DM sometimes mm-hmm. and, um, like, uh, while we're on this whole, like, uh, the stage directions, as you said, um, what, has there ever been a point where you're a DM and you are having a hard time narrating something either because of the safety tools or some other reason where it just doesn't feel good <laughs> yes yeah. yes um okay so as one of one of the issues i had was like they were in an area where i had designed it to be a specific kind of way but you know when we started the when we started the session a lot of the things that I had planned went against lines and veils. And it wasn't anything like brutal violence or anything. It was just like, you know, spiders, webbing, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I came into the session like, all right, I'm ready to go. I've got all this shit planned. I've got the encounter plan. I've got the maps plan. I got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, we can't do that because, you know, there's this thing I don't like and there's this thing that I don't like and there's this thing that I don't like. So it kind of became, all right, 
we're gonna scrap all that and make new stuff on the fly but you still have what you built in your head mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like when you're trying to change it on the fly mm -hmm. with all this new input mm -hmm. I'm never gonna fault anybody for going hey this is a thing that I don't like yeah right? but it is a little difficult when you had something planned. Yeah. And th this is why I say that the job of the GM is extraordinarily important mm -hmm. because you've got to be able to do that. No matter how uncomfortable it makes you, you still have to make sure that your game is safe. Their fun is more important than your story. Mm -hmm. That's that's where I picked up that sentence. Okay. Because it was just like, I've got this story and I know it's killer. There's a twist. One of my, like my warlock, their patron is a spider god, a Nazi, but we, you know, we we have this person that does not like spiders, mm. and this was gonna be that that warlock's moment, right? yeah. Like, and there had there's spider imagery all around. Because... So what do you do in that situation? Exactly, like, on a literal like... sense, like if one character, like their patron, is a spider, but this person can't handle spiders how are you keeping it even there yeah i changed spiders to shadows work okay so you see just black skittering on the ground mm -hmm. you see the shadows of black skittering mm -hmm. you, i don't explain what the skittering is mm -hmm. the player whose moment it is understands what i'm saying mm -hmm. i look but i'm like so i know that they're good I'm looking at the person that's uncomfortable with spiders to see if even the word skittering is yeah. bothering them. They they look okay. The skittering forms into a humanoid. It was going to be a humanoid with like spider, lot of spider yeah. yeah, everything to kind of announce that it's Nazi. Yeah. That, I couldn't do that. Right. So in order to show that this is a Nazi, I changed the Nazi speaking patterns. Yeah. And from that moment on, whenever I went into that speaking pattern, it was understood who it was. I didn't have to reference anything spider. their spider motif. If they, if it was a character that spoke in alliteration, mm -hmm. that was a I Nazi. I remember that. Okay. And so I, you should look at clips of that. The spider, a Nazi alliteration was slay. I don't know how we pulled it off for so long. <laughs> Jeez. So I, I, you, you, there's a scene in V for Vendetta where he just says a bunch of V words, but it all makes sense, and that's his introduction. So I modeled a Nazi after I basically I had a Nazi in my head. It couldn't work because there was somebody afraid of spiders. So I modeled a Nazi after V and had them behave that way with the right. alliteration, with the style, with everything. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was panicking, so I'm like, I gotta do something on the fly. What's a pop culture thing that I can reference that's pretty cool? This works. All right, this is the staple. The, now we have a pattern. Yeah. They can understand it. We're good. Well, <sighs> I have another question now, though. Yes. Because, like, you know, everyone thinks about safety tools for... Nah. Oh, girl. Get for it players. For players. Uh, we, like, you know, the basis of that question is now the curiosity about DMs. You know, what happens when one of your players does something that, for you, is a boundary? Like, you don't feel comfortable interacting with it. Stage directions are for everybody. Slay. Everybody. So, if something's going wrong, mm -hmm. as a GM, mm -hmm. just... Like, a GM is also a player at the table. So, right. it, like, if you're... 
going into like if I if you get the how do you want to do this and you go super specific with mm-hmm. like blood and guts I like my games to be I like my games to have Street Fighter violence not Mortal Kombat violence got it okay so like you can uppercut somebody through a roof but we're not gonna x-ray it yeah. like Mortal Kombat where you see the jaw flying like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't need any of that cool. so I've had players that get visceral mm-hmm. and like I, I have to hit them with the end like yo we just chill it out a little bit like Street Fighter Hadouken I mean no yeah. fatalities here you know you Josh and your experience as a DM has there ever been a moment where any players made you feel uncomfortable or that you advocated for the players in the moment um uh yeah uh <laughs> So, um, there was, uh, the, the, my Strahd campaign that I was doing, mm-hmm. um, you've heard, you guys have heard a little bit about it. <laughs> I um, <heard> about it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting for sure. <laughs> um, it's also retconned right now, so. <laughs> yeah, that's on maybe permanent hiatus, who knows? Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. but regardless, uh, Gay people. <laughs> there was, there was, uh, a lot in it where, um, there was a few times where it took a shift to something that i didn't want it to mm-hmm. um and specifically it's it was like um it got like really really like uh weird energy between one of the bar people and uh, a character and um you know i i wasn't in a great space in my head to uh be necessarily going through that scene yeah but um uh it was a mixture of the party um it was the party yeah it was like a party bit um (laughs) where they were like come on girl do it and like uh in my like because like my brain is very active so in the moment that they said just do it my brain played that scene and i didn't like it um and so then i went for the most like pg-13 thing that could happen possible because um like there was like a push to make it like sexy and i was like they spent the night together (laughs) (laughs) yeah fade to black yeah. yeah yeah Um, I I have had players that. Yeah, sometimes there's a push. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and sometimes there's a push. And, like, this is also, like, still, like, lines and veils and all that. And, like, these, um, as you say, stage directions uh, are, like, still new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's definitely getting a grip on that. We were raw dogging that game. We also, yeah. (laughs) There was no, there's no talks ahead of time about boundaries or anything. We hopped in there and we shouldn't (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but to be fair, we advocated and fought for a session zero. Session zero. Didn't we did? Yeah. And um, I was the, screaming for a session zero. And the people just uh, a didn't want to have their characters prepped, and b didn't um, even establish the characters. Yeah. So my, I literally was ready to DM they, a campaign, um, and I didn't get to because they refused to have a session zero. They wouldn't fill out the little like she i wanted to have everybody to have just for a basis they would not do it and so i'm like then the campaign's not happening (laughs) i don't understand the pushback people have well some people have for session zeros i I don't i don't understand that these are the same uh this is the same um 
well, the one person in the group uh, are these the ones was... not preparing PowerPoints? Oh, yeah. correct. Um, <laughs> but but also um, this these are the same per this is the same group that um, willingly allowed uh, Sir. Uh, the the cum boy oh yeah cum lord cum lord yeah um <laughs> they allowed cum lord and the entire time i'm like no um what the fuck is cum lord oh, i'm so glad you asked <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna regret asking this i can already tell so the group we were playing with like essentially it was me and josh as two people that showed up every week to play mm -hmm. and then the two other people that you know they were hosting it so every week they were there but then there was also like a rotating door like of cast and characters that would come to play when they wanted and wouldn't otherwise and a lot of these people were people new to like tabletop games and stuff and while we approached it very excited very you know almost seriously because it was something that we were invested in um some people would show up and ask to play a character named come lord that didn't wear any clothes <laughs> and that was the bit um, we were supposed to laugh, I suppose. And I think I could tell what this person looks like. You can. Him. It was one of the palm-colored people. <laughs> <laughs> the palm Americans. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, I don't think that there is a right or wrong way to play D. Well, there's a wrong way. Um, <laughs> He was doing it. Um, yeah. There, what there, class was he? Bitch. No. Uh, funny. <laughs> funny. Funny, right? Yeah. <clears throat> a rogue, but he didn't put any stats into decks. <laughs> Fucking none. Why would... How... They didn't a want monk to... would make sense, at least. No, he wanted to be a rogue because he wanted to steal things and be naked. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it, we really like have played in very shitty situations oh because God. we literally talked about that. Oh, I can't say this on the podcast. Well, they don't listen to the podcast. No, they, <laughs> they don't matter. support us. They hate us. Anyway, <laughs> um, essentially like we kept a friendship going because we really wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. I, we let is, people treat us fucking terribly so we could play. That is more common than you know. Yeah, it was ass. And we dealt with it. But on Evening Incantation, our goal with the show is to have on seasoned players of different tabletop games and have them teach us. The whole pitch is that we don't know much, but we really want to play. And so we're hoping to get experts in the field. I like how you're sneaking in. Promo. Yeah. A spinoff. <laughs> yeah. This is a backdoor pilot. This is yeah, a backdoor pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our game here, the goal is essentially to have the experts come and not only teach us how to play and teach us how to play well, but also introduce us to new games. Because the two, between the two of us, I don't think we can name that many tabletop games. Um, no, uh, honestly, like I cap out at four, I think. Four is brave. Um, um, let me try. Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. Please sponsor me. Ooh, you want to kiss me so bad? Anyway, <laughs> um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh -huh. Pathfinder. Okay. Yay! <laughs> um, Eric Adventures. Epic Adventures, I mean. Is that, a, is that one? I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, also, uh, Pathfinder's uh, Space Mommy. Uh, Starfinder. Starfinder. Yeah. So. Space Mommy. Oh, wait, fuck. Uh, Star Trek, you're in that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, actually, I know so many. Um, but they're like spinoffs. Yeah. And I don't know. If, if we they're... just think of what he's in, like we could get a couple. Well, you want I... me to go through the list of all the systems I've played? No. That well, would take we forever. also know like... Um, 
uh, Good Society. Kids on brooms. Um, kids on brooms. Kids on wheat bikes. Good Society is so fun. I actually uh, played a game with the creator. Oh, oh, how was it? It was so good. It, it, I, I love that system so much. If anyone would like to invite Josh and I to play. Yeah, um, I am good, and I live in a society, so I feel like I have, like... <laughs> we do live in a society. So I feel like I have um, all the requirements. Yeah. Anita, do you, does your good society game need players? Uh, well, apparently Werewolf wants to GM us in a good society game so that I can actually romance you properly. <laughs> Should we romance each other? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So we only touch in game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we might we might we might have the makings of a good society game coming up. Perfect. I um, can see if I can get any of the uh uh any of the people from uh from my last game to oh, to come yeah. off. What do you think of BBG? I I have a, <laughs> Did I you also, <laughs> No. Um it was more of a realization. Okay. Um <laughs> How okay. Uh, another question like just like on a on the DM side like, wh- how do you scale an unbalanced party? Lie. <laughs> you you lie. You throw you throw monsters at them, and uh, when it feels like they should win, let them win. Okay. And if they do stupid shit in the encounter, um, make it harder. And if they do something so stupid that they should die, you you, you let it happen. So I don't. Maybe I'm like soft because uh, whenever I like go to kill someone, mm-hmm. it truly does sit with me. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh God, you get IRL guilt. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I'm like, you know, you spent so much time. Um, honestly, that's that's a bold statement with the group we played with. Yeah, um, they, they spent some time. But but like that's the thing. Like you you come to get to know this character as you start playing, and then damn <laughs> i'm gonna be dead ass with you though so yes the comp- let's talk about this so as new players you know we're playing with other fairly new players right and something that we found is that a lot of people you know they play dungeons and dragons you know for the role-playing aspect and to feel like the main character that way right and because of that when it comes to things in which you know you have to wait your turn and everybody's doing something like combat there's a lot less effort put in from the people that we've played with um, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, when it's not their turn, they're just on their phones doing other. Shit. I wish, um, truly, I wish, because uh, <laughs> I have seen, I have seen, and they are on their phone. They are on their, they are looking through their things, and I'm like, okay, but there are at least three things that you can do at any given time. Yeah, it's like every time it is their turn, they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I should do. What would be a good move here? every turn and it's like one what were you doing during the other people's turns that when it gets to you you're still unprepared Mm -hmm. and two it's like i know you built this character and i know you know how they fight how are you confused as to what could be a good spell or something here and if it comes down to like because we are new like if it comes down to the fact that like you know we have i think now have like a good understanding of stats and how they work and mm-hmm. how they impact um certain classes and all that yeah but if that's if that's a learning gap that we need to get over like that's that's something that we should be so i had something like this mm-hmm. And I found something that works. Okay. So I'm going to suggest it to you. One, you have to find what motivates each player. Like, I had my version of this mm-hmm. was somebody that didn't care about their stats, their character, their spells, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What they did care about was loot. Slay. 
So what I did was I had them find a master. Mm-hmm. And so I was basically training them to learn how to have their character fight. Mm-hmm. And I gave them a sword where the better they did, the better the sword got. Mm. They were learning together. The sword was learning how to fight with its master and the character was learning how to, or the player was learning how to fight with their character. Yeah. So like after three training sessions, like I would acknowledge like, Hey, the player's actually figuring out what to do. Like they Mm -hmm. use action surge without me explaining what it was for the fifth time. Yeah. Congratulations. It's now a plus one sword. Nice. Nice. I feel like in our situation, basically, yeah, we had, um, <laughs> we were playing with someone who was like a wild magic sorcerer and they wanted the, oh, they, <laughs> your face right now is priceless. Um, yeah. Oh, Patreon's really gonna love this. Um, basically their character, the player, Okay. Always wanted a wild magic surge. Always. Like, they were always like, can I roll for it? Like, when is it going to come into play? Like, how should I check my wild magic every 30 seconds to the point where, like, they were actively harassing him? And so I, as a player, I advocated for my DM and I stepped in and I said, we can do a 15, we can do a 15 minute timer. Every time the timer goes off, you can, like, roll to see if the wild magic happens. Because if we didn't do that, every moment of the session would be them asking about it. But, but then it was me at like asking like okay so what like what because i was like trying to figure out how does your wild magic manifest like what is the thing that causes it like right, what right. like and there was no like and this was these, these were conversations in and out of game um where they weren't giving anything about like how does they just had like, the table basically and, shit that could happen and yeah. they always wanted something to and then happen. so i looked into like wild magic on my own mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then i saw that like he has like they have um like tides of chaos yeah right okay and that after that then if it you, you well, it it can do it at any moment mm-hmm. if you yeah okay but then wouldn't use wild wouldn't use tides of chaos <laughs> expecting a wild magic surge and then when because it was in the strad campaign like i i even said like hey i'm going to use this wild magic table like I gave it to them and right. I was like, you know, does this sound okay? Cause it is darker. There are like heavier themes in it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing given back was, well, I feel like wild magic is dependent on the magic in the area. And I was like, <laughs> we dealt with some we'll shit. work with that. Um, <laughs> we'll work with that. Yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, again, two sessions later, not a single tides of chaos and i'm like okay at some point is it me not giving them the opportunity to use it right and or is it them not doing what they're supposed to do you can't be creative for people yeah you can't at some point the onus is on the player to understand and to utilize their character in the best way possible it is the gm's responsibility to try and facilitate that yeah but again a G, you can only do so much. And if you're doing all the work outside and you're having conversations with them in and out of game and you're like doing all this heavy lifting and you see no traction from that player. Yeah. That's not on you. Yeah. You did like, the best you, you could do. You, you did what you could. Yeah. I th- there, there are players that want the GMs to Write be the creative for them. for them. Like, be they... I, 
it's 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 a common thing and it's a frustrating thing where it's just like um you know i i i want i want to be responsible for the cool moments mm-hmm. but i don't want to drive there yeah yeah i want you to drive me to the cool moment i want to have my cool moment and then i want to give you the keys again and you drive yeah. and it's just like you need to understand i'm responsible for quite literally the entire world the monsters the npcs the magic the economy i'm re- i'm responsible i'm your horse like if yeah. you have a horse that's me yeah so it's just like at some point it's every player's responsibility to kind of take the weight off of the gm yeah girl <laughs> so, like, like i mean i can't say it any any way other than that like new new players should be given grace of course yeah mm-hmm. but there has to be some there has to be they, some you, responsibility they, some yeah but you, you, uh, there has to be some accountability huh. like like if <laughs> there's a difference between ignorance and lazy yeah and yeah. i think it's every gm's responsibility to try and determine if what is what I'm encountering ignorance, ignorance because yeah. if it is you can teach that away you can work that away you can talk that away mm-hmm. if it's laziness then there's really Remove nothing you yourself. can do and that's what you did and now I'm gonna segue um can I say something? yes hop on the mic Anita on the mic hell yeah get in on this if you're not willing to be creative for your GM in a game of D&D just watch a fucking movie literally yeah girl write a short story yeah um the new uh dungeons and dragons movie is coming out soon so (laughs) why would you i was gonna pivot to something else we fucking did this and now fuck look at us we're trapped under a new top but so are you gonna go see the movie knowing what wizards of the coast did um no uh (laughs) mainly because um i play dungeons and dragons so i don't need the experience um (laughs) (laughs) we do it so also like i don't care about i care about chris pine if someone could like slow together all of his clips and like send it to me on youtube i'll watch that i'm i'm gonna go see the movie wow even after what wizard of the coast did well they backtracked okay no um is that what we do now no, girl, it's the cycle of abuse. He's mean to you, but then he buys you flowers. It's interesting. They backtrack and then suddenly D and D Beyond starts acting funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, you're no, taking I, her back. I I want to see the movie. One, because I I love paladins. You and, know, and the and the and I praise and be I'm, to the best paladin of all, Batman. Anyway. Mm. Eat my dick. Yeah, that man of, is a paladin. Oath of justice. Oath of justice, bitch. Mm. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. That, his oath is to his mission, girl. Yeah. And I'm taking I, this one to the grave. He, he doesn't have smites. He just has strong punches. He won't I kill. Don't. He, he's the real one. I think Batman is more of a ranger. Pitch interesting that to take. Me, bitch. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, we're in. <laughs> Here's why I think Batman's more of a ranger. Yeah. One, he has a favorite domain. Uh, one, he has favorite ter- uh, terrain, okay. Gotham. Yeah. Okay. Two. He, <laughs> this is gonna sound really bogus. Two, he has a familiar orphans. Fuck you. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Eat 
dirt. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Tell me I'm You're wrong. wrong. His familiar is that a guy? His familiar is Alfred, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'd give you that. Like, <laughs> no. Back at 3.5, there was an urban ranger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. It's essentially Batman. Like, the urban ranger could have could prestige it to like a bounty hunter or a vigilante and i swear to god it's just batman batman is a ranger okay but what edition was that 3.5 okay well sorry in 5e batman's paladin <laughs> absolutely not let's see a paladin swears to uphold justice and righteousness to stand with the good things of the world against the encroaching darkness and to hunt the forces of evil Different paladins focus on various aspects of the cause of righteousness, but are all bound by the oaths that grant them power to do their sacred work. Okay. Um, paladins train for years to learn the skills of combat, mastering a variety of weapons and armor. Okay. Fuck you. It's Batman. I, God damn. I don't agree. And even if Batman was a paladin, he wouldn't be the oath of justice. I think he's the oath of vengeance. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But... I, I truly believe Batman is much more of I just don't, a, a it, ranger. It's not true, but that's okay. I almost feel like Oracle's a ranger. Oracle's definitely a, di- a divination wizard. Yeah. That's a thing. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, we don't know about a lot of classes. <laughs> We're new to this. Well, I, I like, love that you're like, fuck you, I'll fight you to the death. He's a paladin. We don't know like, about the class. <laughs> Listen, I'm positive I, about the paladin I, thing. I, I, know, I know the core... I know the core. <laughs> when when we start going into like archetypes, <laughs> take your heels in, take your heels in, quick, say your number, any number. Nine. Uh, nine. When we, when we, yeah, there's nine. Fuck. When you. we um, I think there's nine. Twelve. What? Girl. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay, artificer. Uh, blood hunter. Barbarian, bard, He's making cleric. Shit up. What's a blood hunter? Fuck that's that. an archetype. Yeah, I that's don't... not real. No, blood hunter is actually class. It's own thing. Yeah. That's girl. What the fuck's a blood hunter? Who's hunting blood? Oh How my gosh, us in the Chicago by night. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? Oh god. Repeat what that. Just... Fuck. I wasn't gonna make you that far. Anita, repeat that. Blood hunter was designed by Matt Mercer. And that's why we don't know it. It is canon, though. It is. It is official. Okay. Artificer, no. blood mage. I mean, a blood hunter. What the other, um, the other Matt Mercer class is there too? Oh, the, yeah. the, Matt Mercer invented bubblegum lover. Like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> it's a class where you really love bubblegum. Fuck you. The other class that he made was uh, what's the fighter subclass? subclass? Well, he had the ranger subclass too. Uh, the the gunsl- gunslinger. Yeah, he did gunslinger. But no, there's the. Uh, the the one where they can make copies of themselves. Uh, a day is on. Oh, Echo Knight. Echo Knight. Oh. How about we have okay? We have to have Matt Mercer on an episode of Evening Incantation, and it's completely quiet. We just keep looking at him like this. <laughs> <laughs> so when you? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Listen, y'all not gonna just bully Matt Mercer. <laughs> yeah, we are. We take no, the I most truly, whack stance. Listen, I. I have um, an interesting relationship with Matt Mercer in the sense that 
I have not consumed a bit of their content. Period. Um, I don't, don't know them it. as a person. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they've done. Um, I've tried. <laughs> and we do I've watched, like it. I've watched 10 minutes of Exendria uh, Untold. Unlimited. Because, Unlimited. Work. Because was uh, Abria. Yeah. Yeah. Because I watched it for Abria and I couldn't get further than that yeah but i think that they're doing something great for mm-hmm. sure for the community and are you saying whatnot. that because you're on a microphone um no I mean, like truly i think yeah. that like you know <laughs> they are bringing a lot of attention to um uh the the space but i just I, there's something there's something oh, that light. like yeah it's oh, uncanny valley it's 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 we it's, look at it and it's like well that's not for me it's like how i feel when i look at american eagle yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's the same somebody can have fun in here not me though <laughs> it's it's the way that like i know that i can't like i like to consume content where i can see myself yeah um i love when queer people and people of color are on a show um it's cool though i guess when they're not <laughs> that's well, that's cool too that's tight <laughs> yeah and i mean there's like Critical Role is not hurting just because, like, I don't watch it. They're fine. Exactly. Help Max um, having fun. Yeah. Doing what he does. Artificer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bar- <laughs> barbarian. <laughs> 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 Cleric. Druid. Fighter. Monk. Did I say Bart? Yeah. Uh, Ranger Rogue. Wizard. Sorcerer. Yeah. 12. Well, we don't Warlock. 13? 13? Yeah. I don't count the ones that uh, Matt Mercer made up in his head. Because I don't think it's fair. Why can't the shit I'm they, If you don't count Bloodhunter, it's 12. Okay. So 9, like you said. Cool. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> nice I'm, one, Josh. I know. Like, How'd you do that? Truly, I think I read the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, fucking it up. Like, yeah. when you said 9, like, shit. So right. But... I forgot this. that there was like three wizards. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, three magic classes. Yeah. But yeah, on to. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Here. But there's a black bar. There's a black paladin in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That's why I want to watch it. Okay. That's it. That's real. Mm. Um, on to the segue. Um, we have a segment on evening incantation. Uh, <laughs> called Tales from the Crit, where I ask you about a time when you've been playing and you had like something that you were really proud of a critical success or maybe something that you know you flopped but it's still a memory you look upon fondly and you'd like to share so like a critical failure oh so i don't get to tell you about a critical success that i'm you proud can. of oh no you can do both, you can oh. both. or either yeah it's just okay. tales plural from yeah. the okay well, all right we're fine oh my god Jeez, I love the hostility towards fellow wow. co-hosts. Anyways, I'll answer. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he hates other people that host a talk show. <laughs> oh, don't spread that rumor. We do. We host Evening Incantation. Uh, it's every Saturday night. Mm, yeah. Oh, what time in the morning does critical, like, which is your thing? Morning ritual? What time does that start? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Uh, we're not doing 10 at night. Oh, fuck. Um, five. Five. We start ours at 5 p.m. Did you eat when we just asked you a question? He you know, took a you big know. ass bite of a calzone. But honestly, though. Okay, talk about your critical successes and your critical failures. Okay, I might just have to do that because uh, this I'm excited for this one, guys. Get ready. So, okay, I'm going to set the imagery real quick. Okay. 
you are in a uh, magical land. This is the Feywild, okay? And you see these giant mushrooms. You see these little circles on the ground of mushrooms. And um, these mushrooms, like, they look happy. You know, they have faces. They're dancing side to side. And they're, like, giving a little tone. They're, like, making a little music. It's really, really interesting just to, like, be there. Um, and you know, you're playing, you're playing a, <laughs> you're, you're playing a character that is, um, a barbarian for sure. However, they are also a fake creature. Right. So you feel like a kindred connection with these mushrooms and, um, you just want to hear the mushrooms sing. <laughs> what was it? Was it? It was, um, and so you, you mushrooms are singing. Who let the dog? And out. you teach them how to floss. Um, <laughs> and I just happened to hit yeah. a nat twenty yeah. on that, and so all of them, and because mycelium network and how uh, forests work, all of the mushrooms in the Fey Wild were then singing "Who Let the Dogs Out" while doing the floss. That <laughs> is nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's the worst thing to witness as someone else in the party. We were like, huh. <laughs> And he was hitting like twenty, so we were like, "I fuck, you can't say they're not." <laughs> it's the fucking worst. Okay, um, I've got one critical success for me, and a critical success from uh, the party. All right. So my critical success is we were escaping a dungeon. We just got out of a really long and hard fight. And outside of the dungeon, there was a dragon waiting for us. Oof. And we were like halfway on a mountaintop. And we did not have like the resources to get into this fight. <laughs> no. I think we upset the GM. <laughs> and they were just like, fuck it, dragon. <laughs> And, like, we didn't need to fight the dragon. There's a portal past the dragon that we needed to get to. So I guess it was supposed to be, like, a chase scene or some kind of deal. Yeah. I was playing a monk. Oh. And so I was the first one out because I was the fastest. Mm -hmm. And I see dragon. And I'm like, I punch. (laughs) (laughs) I, I boop it in its snoot. And so I boop it in its snoot and I roll a 20. So I hit. Yay. Mm-hmm. I go, this is a stunning fist. And so the GM then has to roll. The GM rolled a one. So the dragon flying halfway up on this mountain gets punched by a monk. And it is stunned. So it falls to the bottom now the problem is I had to jump to hit the dragon, mm-hmm. so like the GM was just like, "Okay, well, uh, you jumped off a mountain to punch a dragon, so you fall." And I'm like, "I'm a muck, slow fall." Oh, you bitch! <laughs> they looked at me like, "Damn, damn." Now. This, this that was my triumph of a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling the party, dragon's down, but it's not gonna stay down. Run to the portal. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend Sarah, we haul ass to the portal because it's a fucking dragon. It's not gonna stay down for long. 
the rest of the party's just like, oh no, it's down and it took damage from falling. Let's fight the dragon. Or we're like, it's a dragon. <laughs> like, we, we can't. And, and, we, and we, like, everybody's at like half hit points. I'm on like my last key point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we gotta go. They decide to stay and fight the dragon and promptly get wrecked. Mm-hmm. One guy is like belligerently upset with me about this. Like, you left us to die. And I'm like, I knocked out a dragon so we had a chance to leave. And you wanted to stay and fist fight the damn thing. I'm not good at, like, I could not fathom. Yeah. Uh-huh. That I was wrong. No, because you weren't. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Like, that's real. You gave them a warning. You did the black people exit, where you run from the monster, turn back over your shoulder to say, there's a monster behind me, and you left. And yeah. that's real. That's the culture. Happy Black History Month. Like, and my character did not tell them, like, hey, there's a dragon. My character just thought, they see dragon down, like, oh, really? Oh, your character didn't even kind of do a shot over the shoulder? No, well, again, I, I move, like, 80 feet around or some crazy shit yeah. like that. The, the sorcerer, my friend uh, Sarah, Misty stepped to keep up with me, saw this happen. It was just like, oh, we need to run. And like my character's like, yup, we figured common sense, see dragon down, run from dragon. Yeah. And like as players, yeah. we're telling them like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for us all to escape. Yeah. And they did not That's listen. on them then. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Mm. You can't so, perceive the danger from a dragon. That's on you. Literally, like they did to themselves. It, so yeah, that 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 was my triumph of a twenty. Okay. Here is me as a GM in the party triumphing against me. Yeah, and it's the sword buck story again, Hell everybody. Yeah, they get it in its entirety. You have another story. <laughs> you made a face. I remember my crit, my my fail. Okay, yeah. that'll be next. Uh, okay, so the the sword buck story is, I. Uh, I was running a game uh, where basically (laughs) a bunch of lesbians got a pirate ship and were just going on adventures. And and they encountered a bakery. And Joy's character loved pastries. Like, almost like a crack addict. (laughs) The Long Dumont of the infamous House Dumonts, known for their restraint. Not supposed to eat sugar, but father is not here. <laughs> so this place had amazing pastries, and Joey's character was like trying to buy them all up, and they're yeah. just like, "We, I don't know that we can sell you all this." And so Joey goes, "How much are y'all being paid?" <laughs> and they go, "Well, we're not making much money. <laughs> like we're making maybe a, a couple of silver every two weeks." <laughs> and you, what you need to understand about Joey's character is that they were filthy rich. Yeah. And so, Joey rolled a persuasion check to convince them to unionize, <laughs> revolt against sword bucks, and to take all of the. All it's basically convincing walking into a Starbucks going, I will pay you more. Take everything here that you need to make the stuff, move it to my boat, and be my designated Starbucks in my ship. 
And I'm like, there's no way. There's, there's, there's no way. There's no right? way. Hit there's the no way. Nat 20. <laughs> Roll the Nat 20. The table breaks out in celebration. I'm just like, they tell you it'll probably take two days to move everything to the ship. But yeah, they'll do it. Oh my God. And then we go, okay, we'll stay at port for two days. <laughs> See y'all on the boat. What are we renaming the stuff? Also, keep in mind, they're on like a timed mission. There's yeah. just like, the world's going to end in like seven we days. We to report uh, back. Near the world's going to end in seven days if you don't do this thing. They're like, we're taking two days to get our sword. Two box. days on the port. <laughs> we will be silly and goofy for two days. <laughs> What's fucked up is we were. those. It was like filler episodes in a session. Because we were like, we're not leaving. They like, would not... Wait. They would not take the plot bait, no matter how delicious I tried to make it. Literally, like, we had the people that had put us out on the mission. Like, they came. They weren't, I can't imagine they were supposed to be there. Because they had sent us on the mission from another location. They showed up to where we were to be like, how is your progress? And we're like, mm. While drinking a latte. Progressing. <laughs> like, sipping a macchiato king, Like, we're getting some stuff done, for sure. <laughs> Uh, that was the same conversation I had with the NPC where my character was like, what's a wife? <laughs> yeah. Do you think I could have one? <laughs> and this tough, grizzled old man character is like, yeah, you could get a wife if you wanted one. <laughs> yeah. Um, also playing Lalonde. Yeah. Oh, Lalonde does the wife thing again later, but it's a male wife. <laughs> because once again, Teeth only explained it as like someone that really likes you and is around you a lot. And so she finds a guy in a later campaign and she's like, hmm this will be my wife <laughs> mind you she's like 18 19 at this point and this guy's like 30 30 looking like he's on the verge of death yeah and she goes um, that's wife yeah wife coded and he's like what you say you had another story yeah 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 so actually i have my um my my failure um which uh we were together for this one. When are we not? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. What was it? Further into the mic. Oh. Um, shoot. What was that? Uh, the, it was... Was I it was, Tiff? It was Tiff, uh -huh. for sure. Um, was it the candies? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. We had some Feywild bullshit candies, and... I love the Feywild. I, I hate, hate it. it. What is the whimsy? Like we what? fucking hate whimsy. I, I I can't. I can't with it. Yeah. If I ever have to play in the Feywild, good luck for everybody else. I, I literally <laughs> almost ended the campaign last session by myself because I got what. There's a spell that'll like you. It's some like teleportation almost spell mm -hmm. where you do it and the character gets sent to like a different plane. Plane shift. Yeah. And so. Or. Bane. Banishment. banishment i had banishment oh, and you yeah. could use it and it would send you back to your home planet yeah and so i got that and i was like wait a second we're in the feywild if i cast it on the party we'll go home not to mention <laughs> not to mention not how you're supposed to use it but i was like wait a second i'm gonna get us out of wait, here yeah. wait well would yeah, that it work it will it will rules is written it will if you cast it on yourself Yeah, so fully, I was and like, 
uh, you would have to have like a reflective surface so that you could view yourself. We had mirrors. We had funky stupid. Banishment. You attempt Not to send one water. creature that you can see within range to another place of existence. So if it, you want to cast it on yourself, you have to be able to see yourself with a reflective surface. If the like target that. is native to the plane of existence you're on, you banish the target to a harmless demiplane. While there, the target is incapacitated. The target remains there till the spell ends, at which point the target reappears in the space uh, it left or the nearest unoccupied space, if that space is, uh, is uh, occupied. If the target is native to a different plane of existence yep. that you're on, the target is banished with a faint popping noise, returning to its home plane. If the spell ends before one minute is passed, the target reappears in the space it left or the nearest unoccupied space, if that space is occupied. Otherwise, the target doesn't return! <laughs> yeah! So you can just auto-fail the save. And the component is an item distasteful to the target. Yeah, so I was gonna just like auto-fail and send us back. I got fucking tired of it. <laughs> and literally the DM had to like convince me to not do that. It's ten minutes, you just gotta hold concentration. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I fully was gonna just go home. Yep. And end the entire campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I am that bitch. Yeah. Like, because, okay, we were playing, playing with me. Yeah. Because we were playing the Witchlight Carnival. Right. And they, like, we were playing with the small gifts. Yeah. Or something like that mechanic where, like, you have something taken from you by one of the witches. And then you have to, like, get the witch to give you it back or whatever. Do some tasks for them or bullshit. We got all our shit. And then we had to save the fucking Queen of Prismere. And, we and I like, was like... We don't fucking want to. No. <laughs> uh, literally, I was like, that is like, because mine, okay, we, we look at all the things we already did in that campaign, okay? We started the um, children's. We unionized uh, another group of people. Yeah. We just stopped unionizing people. No. These were bullywugs. Um, and yeah, so we took over, like, the bullywugs were doing a coup against whoever owned them, and we said, wait a second, a coup will help. Yeah. So then we did the coup for them, and then they were like, yay, so we can rule ourselves, and we get, we said, no, fuck no, we're now the kings of this. Mm-hmm. By the time we get back, you better have an education system, banks, and society. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then we got kids that were like child labor slaves. We freed the children, and we said, we are putting you guys in the schools we just made in the previous country we took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we 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 cooed a coup. Yeah. <laughs> we ran a coup on their coup. We came their kids. Y'all are the CIA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, like we took over. We did all that. Uh, we make it um, all the way to someone, like some queen or somebody, like puts us in a stupid demi plane that we didn't want to be at in the fucking first place. As a, oh, that's what it was. Um, Dungeons and Daddies has like a card stack or like a cards of many things or whatever right. or like you pull them and something wacky happens oh, the wacky thing yeah. yeah the wacky thing that happened is that we were like teleported somewhere so now it wasn't just save the queen of prismere it was get out from wherever you are we had been exhausted yeah. and i said wait a second i leveled up banishment i'm leaving and the dm was like no no, no, no. yeah because we were we started in hither we went to thither and then we like that card sent us this fucking yawn and Guess what? We didn't need to go. Um, they yeah. just wanted us to free the queen, and it's just like I we feel completed with this. <laughs> I, I, I would, if we were at the end right now, I would feel yo, so content. Yo, as a GM, you gotta let that ride. You yeah. gotta let that's clever as shit. Yeah, yeah. points. It like was literally, so, it's like it was. I think quite literally one of my best moments as a player, where I really was like, wait a second, we're in a bad situation. Let me look at my spells, and I was like, hey guys, <laughs> let's do something nifty. <laughs> 
That's clever. Pulled the ultimate Gen Z. Actually, I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm not having a sick time, so I'm gonna fucking leave. No. Uh, yeah. So I guess that could be one of my like that wasn't even a critical role or anything. Like it was just I'm gonna go. <laughs> and I feel like I don't know. I feel like my roles are always kind of ass, so I never have like I don't. I can't remember any twenties or whatever. But I will say, instead, I'll just do times that I've like dunked on everybody. <laughs> Okay. Because a big part of my character is fucking dunking on everybody. And part of the reason why um, the wild magic person that we were talking about, um, part of the reason why they were obsessed with having their wild magic moment was that my character in that campaign, like, I talked to my DM. So we had shit worked out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm so... Like, I honestly, we're bringing back Strahd. And yeah. I'm, we have to have the moment that I built with that character. Yeah, I but can't es- not do it. But essentially, my character had a hidden backstory that none of the other characters knew, basically. Like, she was involved with Strahd. There was a whole thing that happened on the side. And so frequently throughout their campaign, there would be things that, you know, the DM had set up just for me. And we would have those really cool moments. And every time they happened, the other players were pissed. <laughs> Yeah, they would try to steamroll and take it over, and I'm like, hey, guess what? This is, like, and it was me, like, trying to do the least dickish thing, which mm-hmm. is, like, kind of out of my nature. Yeah. But, like, it was me trying to do the least dickish thing, which was showing them what they could have. <laughs> yeah. It was literally <laughs> you know? trying to lead by example. I would tell them, he and I communicated outside of game, so now in-game we have these cool moments where essentially, like, I did that thing I do where I'll play an Acemer, but I won't mention it. <laughs> and no one checks and no one asks. And especially in the Strahd campaign, like, religion is a big thing there. Right. So we walked into a church, and of course, this there's only so many, like, celestial things that you can have. One of the little stained glass things, my character was like, oh, it looks kind of like me. Funny. <laughs> and like, and oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so sick. It was like... You look at it and it looks familiar. And if anybody else in the party was smart, they'd be like, "Why is that yeah. you, bitch?" And like investigate it. And nobody yeah. did. Because I because I played my Strahd with the very like Twilight like first Twilight movie blue light. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. And so like. Hold on tight, Spider Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have like this radiant like obviously after we yeah. worked through it because I mean she was a little gross at first but like right. purposefully and it was gross. part of the character like yeah. another thing built in was that like because she was an Acemer she realized like people are gonna pick like pick up on that so a big aspect of that character is that she would do things physically so that she wouldn't look good another thing that the party could have picked up on but they never did is i said explicitly my character is wearing multiple layers of clothes that look like they aren't meant for her like they don't fit her right and obviously the question would be why Why? is she doing that no one ever asked but then we had another scene that was really cool where um there's someone crying in like Strahd's village or whatever and we have the conversation with her where we find out she's a mom whose child like disappeared because of Strahd. The secret thing about my character was that like she is one of those where their entire family was murdered but it was by Strahd and she was the only person left hidden in the village and so she grabbed all their clothes and put them on as like a memorial thing. We meet this woman that lost like her child and so my character takes off a very specific like robe from herself and gives it to that woman and is like I'm gonna give you your kid back. And had we talked about it, they would have known she specifically took off her mother's robe and handed it over. And like that could have been a cool moment, but we never had those. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a sta- there's a stage direction that I just added, and there's one that I'm thinking about adding mm-hmm. specifically for moments like this. Yeah. Um, the first one is the star stage emoji, uh, star stage direction. Yeah. And that's when like I want to have 
a moment. Like I'm talking to my God or I'm doing something backstory related or like me and the GM, are, we're, we're going to have a moment. This yeah. is, mm-hmm. this is me. That's represented by like the asterisk symbol on your keyboard. Yeah. Or I'm like, I'm thinking about making like stage direction state, uh, uh, like cards so you can hold it up. Like this is my moment. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the link stage direction, which mm-hmm. is uh, represented by a dash, basically the subtraction symbol on the keyboard, right. which is just like, during this moment, this is like an opportunity to link. If you want to learn more about my backstory, mm-hmm. more about my character, this is my side. Like, hey, this thing that I just did is significant. This is a chance for us to build a bond. Yeah. And anybody can respond to oh, that. Oh, that's another thing. The mind reading moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we would, we needed the link in our game essentially because like my character, her name was Ursa, baddest bitch on the yeah. block. I gotta um, play Ursa. Again. You've mentioned her in a couple episodes. Uh, the Jersey accent that drops. Jersey accent psychiatrist. That's another yeah. thing. Not only does she make herself physically disgusting with all the clothes, but she speaks in a Jersey accent. So it's that thing. Right. And so basically. Um, you know, Ursa went out of her way to like talk to the other two members of the party to learn about them. She would, we joked about it. That was part of the reason why her cover was a psychiatrist. So she could ask invasive questions about the rest of the party and try to get knowledge about them that way. And every time anyone was like, wow, you're asking a lot of questions. The joke was, I'm a psychiatrist. I just want to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, they never did it in return. And for it was crazy. It was the weirdest moment in the world because they would never outwardly ask Ursa, why do you do this? Or like, where are those clothes from? Never. But one character, what spell was it? Um, okay, so it was the one where you can read the surface level, but detect then you thoughts. Yeah, yeah, detect thoughts. But then like... You can go deeper if yep. somebody fails yeah. a wisdom save. So basically, they failed detect doing it. And like, once you fail, I know you tried. Mm-hmm. And um, it was... <laughs> It caused so many problems. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, first of all, it you know, obviously, as in character, she would be like, what the fuck are you doing? And so she did. She was like, eh. But then we had a mechanic moment. That was a thing where Ursa, I don't know. It was a magic thing because the curse of Strahd. Ha ha. Right. Where um, the way the curse manifested in her because she left immediately after Strahd killed her family was that, like, she just can't really remember what happened on that day. Right. And it causes psychic damage if she tries. So in that character trying to read her mind, trying to pull those memories out, it hurt her. Yeah. And she was like, what is going on? Yeah. And like, yeah. I flavored that mechanic as like, essentially like she like had a, like a change memory like spell. But um, as they were in the Strahd campaign, um, she would have to take uh, damage for it, depending on how it came back, because um, essentially she needed to do a mending on the change memory or allow the memory to take place. I would have loved to know Mm. I could have used mending. (laughs) Yeah, but like that's the thing. You don't even remember that that was happened because like you just wanted to completely exit out. That's that's interesting. That's like interesting combinations of spells. Like I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool and like we were having fun with it. Another thing that happens when you talk to your DM and communicate because (laughs) he he was kind enough to let me know. He's like you don't remember what happened. So you can try. And so there were so mm-hmm. many different times in the campaign where, you know, it was a character moment where it was like, this happened and it alluded to me. Like we'd met some old lady in a tent and the old lady in the tent seemed to know that she wasn't from Jersey. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it was such a funny thing where every time someone would be like, hmm, you uh, can drop the cover and she'd be like, 
I I know who the old lady is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the tarot card so lady. Mm-hmm. Every everybody else, like the other members of the party, had like very heartwarming moments with her, where she's like, "I'm giving you a gift." Ursa walks in that tent, like literally turns over her shoulders, like, "Don't worry, everybody. I can't imagine this will be crazy." Hops in the tent and is like, "What do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> God, like I wish we could out the rest of that campaign because she never did get her memory back <laughs> it, isn't that the pain though like mm-hmm. having a character oh because I, I, oh, I had so you know much what? set we're up getting into oh. it let's can we talk about the ending that we were building with her finding the family okay i will preface it with um we are playing a bastardized version of shroud everybody does yeah <laughs> um so God, I am so I I Ursula got cheated on this one so, so <laughs> bad because here's the thing in my world Strahd wasn't a villain as much as he had like military like he like he was just saving his area he was saving right. his kingdom essentially and so what way to save it from invaders other than to get more power and get more power and get more power um and uh the interesting connection with baba lazaga was that she gives him like the seed of darkness essentially right. to like foster it and like give him the ability to use magic it's, it's the other mother you it's know it's giving dracula untold yeah yeah we were eating and that very much like there was a scene i wanted to play so bad mm-hmm. where strahd meets and sees um, uh, Ursa. Ursa and instantly remembers and says, oh, you're back. <laughs> like, the, uh, your fathers would like to see you. And the, no one died. <laughs> Strahd made an army. <laughs> no one has died. Literally. Everyone ha- that has been taken was just a part of his army, his legion, to yeah. protect the area. She remembers it as they died. What actually happened was like they got like turned and employed, mm-hmm. and you know they didn't want that fate for her. So she she's been walking around with this like my entire family's gone. I have a lot to cope with. And one of the like we we're gonna have an encounter where basically we see like um, what's it called one of Strahd's employees because I can't remember another name. One of Strahd's soldiers, and of course the rest of the party is gonna move to attack him. Lalon not Lalon. <laughs> Ursa is gonna rem- like see that person and be like that's my fucking dad. And because I didn't like the party members anyway i fully told them ahead of time i'm like oh i'm attacking them if they go to attack my dad (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it would have been so slay we don't get to do it the the pain of what could have should have been yeah yeah but we've been how long is this recording thing we are at two hours and 16 minutes all right well we should start winding down we should start winding down um does anyone have any hot takes to drop this week we haven't already said it's not homophobic to eat at chick-fil-a if you're gay (laughs) (laughs) the hottest take take. (laughs) you are so real you are so real for that like i I gotta be honest with you i was driving by a chick-fil-a one day and I wanted nothing more than that chicken sandwich absolutely listen and it took everything in me to keep driving hey buddy I give you one pass. <laughs> <laughs> As in, like the responsibility for changing corporations that donate millions to homophobic agencies, it cannot be on the individual. Just because one of us stops eating Chick Fil A, everyone's not going to. And what happens when you make a gay person sad? Exactly. You want gay people to get hungry? 
I can't. I can't. I can't. You L- listen. listen. It, it's it's a slippery slope. First you eat chicken sandwiches. The next thing you know, you play a Hogwarts lot. <laughs> whatever the fuck that game is called. Listen, yeah. and also I would just like to say, like you are from the city. There's a wealth of options of like small chicken businesses. We mm-hmm. live in the suburbs. It's a Chick Fil A on every corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. There's like two, but then there's also only either McDonald's chicken sandwich. Wendy's chicken sandwich, or that's it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like we can't forget them. about Burger King's chicken sandwich. That's not a that's that, dog food, babe. Wait, that's a thing. They have chicken. Yeah. Well. Okay, we'll try. Next time I'll get that with my side order of tacos. We do be eating the Burger King tacos. <laughs> Those tacos slap. Listen, there's something about it that feels like <laughs> it's I, so wrong, but it feels so it's, right. Like it's not taco. It's some secret third thing. It's like a <laughs> <laughs> hidden third thing. But it's yeah. not taco. It's not sandwich. Right. Um, I think my hot take is going to be kind of like the thesis statement of the episode where it's like, you are not right for making that Twitter thread unless you have exhausted every other avenue of co- communication. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dog. If you are hitting tweet and you haven't hit their DMs, email, Discord, then baby girl, come on now. <laughs> Yeah, there also needs to be like a layer of self-reflection. Yeah, before like definitely hopping take on a the moment internet before you hit tweet. I, I I got my hot take. What is it? If you pledge allegiance to a channel, a TTRPG channel, you are setting yourself up for a bad time. Mm. Really, uh, freelance. Freelance. Don't. But we're signed to the Noir Enigma don't agency. Uh, the NET for anyone interested in applying. Yeah, the Noir Enigma team. Oh, yeah, we forgot to go over that. And let's- no, 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 don't you do this. No, listen, listen, I'm just saying that, you know, I have, see- I have seen them rise. I have seen them fall. Uh, it's never a good time. To- just... Play with as many people as you can. Yeah. Have fun. Don't plant your flag anywhere. Um, I have a question. Yes. Um, when you put when you pledge to a channel, um, is that like a steady stream of income at that point? Though, like, do these people like cut you a check on the red? Some of them do. Okay. Not all of them. I will say this. If you're pledging allegiance to a channel that cuts you a check on the reg and like you need that, I'm not shaming you because mm-hmm. I understand there is something to be said about knowing where your next paycheck is coming from. But you're right. If it's if you're just like signing up for a team, girl. Yeah, just sign to the Noir Enigma team. We have matching No, we, no there is no Noir Enigma team. <laughs> then explain the PR group, the graphic design team, and now your new talent. Yeah, I heard that there's even someone that is um, learning how to uh, 3D model for your characters. So. Oh my god! And I say this to say that we're soft launching with no R Enigma team. Josh and I are the freshman uh, class of yeah. the No R Enigma group. I really hope that you love seeing us. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> Look forward to seeing us in new projects. If you want to book us for actual plays, uh, go through our managers, Anita and Noir. I take bookings straight through Anita, so you're going to have to hit up their DMs. Uh, Noir handles all of Josh's stuff. When did I agree to any of this? Uh, Right before we started filming. We signed the contracts. No. 
isn't owe it, him fifteen percent, which kind of ass. I don't know. Isn't it kind of weird that? Yeah. <laughs> isn't it kind of weird that um you know he made us sign in blood? Yeah, I didn't like that. Like you know, I think it's very binding. Yeah, yeah. but he's got our AB positive down. Um, also, we're the same blood type. I know that's so slay. <laughs> Which but, is very important. That's that started this entire podcast, right? But yeah, no, definitely look forward to us. We're gonna have a big like debut um, release on Twitter. Maybe start a separate account for the No Our Enigma team, so we can have all of our projects under one uh, account. There is no No Our Enigma team. There is. It's crazy. Yeah. We have like a school themed photo shoot that we did. I'm very excited for you guys to see those pictures. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be really cool. I'm excited. You gotta stop joking. <laughs> the internet wants your jokes to be real, and they are. Um, I'm very excited <laughs> for the start of this new venture. Um, it was like I don't know. This is a big project that we're undertaking, and I'm excited that we're willing to manage this. You guys are gonna see us everywhere now, and look forward to the end of the year. Know our name, a team calendar. The what? <laughs> Hit us up if you want to apply to be our July. Um, that's me. Oh, you're right. Yeah, um, I think I August is open. Oh, uh, oh, I do like March. Yeah, I'm hmm. February. Joy Valentine, obviously, but um, Anita has November. <laughs> I hate this. L- listen, listen, internet, because I know, I know what y'all go do. <laughs> the calendar is so cute. The internet, listen, listen to me very, very closely. All right, Joy jokes about me showing hole, and then y'all slide in my comments like, "When are we gonna see some hole?" Soon. You, you never gonna see hole. Patreon. You never, you never gonna see hole. There is no noir enigma team. That's false. I there. I don't know what they're talking about with a calendar. The calendar's I'm, real. I'm not doing a calendar. There's you no are. freshman shoot. Yes. Okay. So Anita's <laughs> planning the calendar. Um, please, like, pitch us some ideas if you want to see anything specific. None of this is real. Please believe me. Hey, hey, in in in. Yeah. No. Necomancy. <laughs> Necomancy. Yeah. I feel like this is a great time to end the. Episode. Look forward to following us at Noir Enigma Team on Twitter. No, there is no Noir Enigma Team, but please be sure to follow me all over the internet as the Noir Enigma. That's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Hive and my website, the Noir Enigma. Please buy some merch. I'm very poor. Where can they find you, you fucking asshole? <laughs> uh, signing out, I am Joy Valentine. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JoyXValentine. Um, you can find me, uh, Josh, on uh, Twitter at Joni underscore Boy9. And did you have to look <laughs> I did. I, I recently rebranded. Yeah, because nice. we, um, we've been planning on the soft launch of Evening Incantations. We were like, we have to change our socials. <laughs> yeah. So can you spell Joni out for them? Yeah, please? so that is going to be at J-O-N-E-Y underscore B-O-Y nine, the number. And um, then on Instagram, it's actually different because... Uh, Gotta fix that branding. Listen, someone, someone, took, someone took it. <laughs> um, so uh, if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's definitely uh, two nines instead of one. So that's going to be at J-O-N-E-Y underscore B-O-Y nine nine. Nice. All right. Please follow us. Do you guys have TikToks? No, I don't make I do, but it's personal. 
<laughs> you gotta stop He's saying post hole. That's that's been the episode, everybody. We I hope you had a great time. Uh the no our enigma team is not real. It's real. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.